It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino-style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting. In traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hi, my name is James Roberts. I'm the writer on Transformers More Than Meets the Eye, and you're listening to GeekCast Radio Network. Check out all things Transformers. I can dig it. This is Optimus Prime, and you're listening to all things Transformers. Welcome to an all-new generation of all things Transformers as we get the origins of any and all Transformers fans that we can. I am, of course, TF2 and Mike, and joining me for the first time in nine years is Mr. Kal-El Prime, David Wallace. Hello, sir. Hello, sir. Yes, it has been almost a decade since I've been on, uh, but very much <laughs> yes. looking forward to being back, so thank you for having me. Absolutely. Should have you on more often. I was going to say, I just thought it did a really terrible job last time, and you were like, never again! <laughs> <laughs> well, it's funny because nine years ago is when I started the pull bag, and when I started the pull bag, I wanted multiple various different comic booky things, mm. and I had come up with the origins, and we had a number of questions about comic books and things like that. The funny thing is, since then, I believe it was 2019 or 2020 where I actually updated and changed and more streamlined the pull bag questions for comics but i've also expanded that into transformers he-man overall cartoons slash anime and actual podcasting so i have 30 questions that i will ask people about podcasting whether it's listening or hosting one <laughs> so so yeah it, it's fun well do you do you want to know uh, we're talking about nine years and just to put that into context for any comic book fan out there because i heard this the other day and i was like surely that can't be the case and i checked it and it is indeed true the last time i was on this podcast we were still in a post-New 52 world. Yep. The New 52 is that old. Yep. I am, that, that, that terrifies me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's the old 52 at this point. I mean, it was, <laughs> you know, it's never to be looked back on fondly, but all I'm simply saying wow. is, is like, Jesus. I mean, you know. S certain books 
are good. Other books, not so much. I mean, there's nobody that can argue with me in the negative about Kyle Higgins' run on Nightwing. I will shoot you dead if you <laughs> say anything. Criticism, fine. Negative, like, yes, I know there are plenty of aspects in the New 52 that were bad. Nightwing was not one of them. And same thing with Gail Simone's Batgirl. Oh, man, so good. He had a red insignia on his chest instead of it being blue. That's that's right. That's that the only the criticism. Color. No, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> I will, I will fight you on this one. Uh-huh. No, no, not, not Nightwings. Yes, sorry. No, this is a Transformers show. We should not talk DC because I'll end up going down a, you know. But uh, no, Kyle's Kyle's run on, on Nightwing was, was excellent. And I'm sorry, but you will never get me on side with Barbara Gordon. She should never have been brought back uh, as Batgirl. Um, um, you're you're one of those killing joke enthusiasts, are you? Not, not a not a killing joke enthusiast in the slightest. I simply make the argument that Barbara Gordon was not a good character before she became Oracle, and oh. she has not been a good character since she since she stopped being Oracle. I will I will I will argue Gail Simone's Birds of Prey till the end of time as one of my favorite all-time runs on the series but in terms of just an overall character like you know she's just a product of that silver age where it's just try and get another bat person out uh and it wasn't until she became Oracle that she became interesting that's that's my argument anyway um but uh you know yeah it's uh not a not a not a killing joke enthusiast though obviously one mm-hmm. can't argue the fact that it's an incredible story um but uh yeah uh, just that and plus you know i i I've just got a I I've just got a love for Stephanie Brown as as Batgirl. And I know there's probably a lot of Cassandra Kane people out there going, What? Like yeah, Stephanie exactly. It's like, no, no, Stephanie's run on Batgirl was as Batgirl was, was brilliant. Like it it had the it had all the joy of, of, of a Spider Man comic, which, you know, DC has desperately tried to replicate for the last fifty years, but never Anyway, Transformers, yes, sorry, <laughs> I do apologize. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Transformers! So wanna, these first, you might want to trim hmm? this down to like five questions. Given, uh... oh no, 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 <laughs> no, no, no! It's it's fine. Hey, as long as you got the time, it's fine. All right, these first five questions are kind of you know let's let the audience get to know you. Even though I know maybe some of these answers mm-hmm. and some of these questions are kind of obvious. Did you grow up with Transformers? Duh. At what age do you remember first noticing the franchise? Uh, yes, I did, because I'm that old. Uh, I grew up with Transformers. Transformers came to the UK in 85. I was born in 82. So literally, as I'm starting to form you know, a concept of the world, there is Transformers. Earliest memories? That's a difficult one. I don't really recall... The earliest one that I can definitely remember is is watching Transformers the movie for the first time. We bought it from a, a local supermarket. Uh, we we took it home. We put it on. We watched it, and I cried when Optimus Prime <laughs> died. Uh, and uh, and now to to you, I'm sure. I'm, I'm saying to the American audience out there, I'm sure everybody knows this now, uh, by the time we got Transformers the movie on cassette, they had gone ahead and made several edits to it, and one of the edits that they made to it 
was that at the end of the movie, uh, after Till All Are One, uh, Victor Caroli turns around and says, uh, the 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 uh, Transformers story will continue in the greatest Autobot of them all, Optimus Prime, will return. The battle is over, but the galaxy-spanning adventures of the Transformers will continue, and the greatest Autobot of them all, Optimus Prime, will return. And I refused to let my parents turn the video off until Optimus Prime came back. <laughs> Not realizing that that would require. So let's see. I mean, that would have been, so that would have been like 80, 87. Uh, so that's mm-hmm. like my earliest memory of Transformers. However, given the fact that I cried when Optimus Prime died, I'd clearly been exposed to Transformers a lot more than that. Um, I just can't give you any specific examples, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. I, you know what? I, uh, he, he's not the great. He's one of the greatest leaders of the Autobots, but he's not the greatest leader of the Autobots. I mean, if the guy's going to sit there and play basketball while the Insecticons are destroying Hoover Dam or whatever, we've anyway we've we've just started recording. Let's let, let's not let's not be in each other's throats just yet, shall we? <laughs> <laughs> there is only one chosen one and they didn't choose Optimus. <laughs> no, they, they they chose a dude who at the first opportunity tried to give the Matrix back to a zombie. <laughs> hey, you leave Scourge out of this. Just <laughs> <laughs> What Transformers generation is your generation and why? Generation one. Why? Because I grew up with it. And I will, you know what? I think a lot of fans, especially fans of our age, just don't accept the fact that it is entirely nostalgia. You know, Mm -hmm. like I can, you, you can, you can argue that any piece of generation one fiction, doesn't matter how well it's written or anything like that of its time, you know, it is not modern by any standards. Um, the animation of G1 is, is not modern. Um, the, the, the writing is not modern. The, the overall presentation is not modern. It does not hold up to a modern audience. That's not to say people won't enjoy it, but it is entirely mm-hmm. nostalgia. Um, and I, I, I maintain that, but even though that is the case, even though I, I would not begrudge anybody who says it's old and it doesn't look good um i i would i would still argue that to me it is just the best um yeah i mean the thing of it is is and i I say this in almost every episode i record when talking about anything of a certain time period you view it as that time like there is no reason why you should have any argument of why G1 should hold the, the cartoon specifically, hmm. why it should hold up today. No, it shouldn't hold up today. It, it held up f- almost 40 years ago when it debuted hmm. because at the time that's what animation was. And that's great. Again, it's not necessarily looking at it with rose colored glasses. It's looking at it through the lens of this is what animation was in 1984 yeah and uh, you know there are there are a handful of episodes look i will say that despite <laughs> despite g1 being the oldest i would say mm-hmm. it is not the most dated show 
I, I, no, it's not the most dated show. I, I, I would say that if, you know, purely, and I, I've gotten a lot of flack for this, and I will say it, Beast Wars is the most dated show. Beast Wars visually is the most dated show because early 3D does not hold up to current 3D, whereas all the animation, you know, Look at the Fleischer Superman cartoons. Yep. Do they hold up to today's animation? Absolutely they do. There's no question about it. You know, but early 3D doesn't. Now, storyline-wise, I don't think you... I, I think Beast Wars has only been surpassed once in, in Transformers history. Uh, you know, so if you were to turn Beast Wars into a set of radio plays you know, Beast Wars would, would still be fantastic. But if you stuck a kid in front of Beast Wars now they'd probably be like, yeah, what? <laughs> no, thank you. You know, but, but I, I still adore Beast Wars. You know, so yeah, G1, G1 is absolutely of its time. And yet there are still a handful and, you know, everybody will know which episodes I'm going to say. You know, Call of the Primitives. Visually, it still holds up. It's still an amazing looking episode. But that is, you know, but, but then you watch Carnage in C minor. And I'm not picking, I'm not picking that uh, out of me, but because it's Carnage and C minor, and everybody, re I like Carnage and C minor, but so do I. But Ultra Magnus does pick up two Constructicons in each hand. <laughs> he does, doesn't he? You know, uh, I mean, come on, <laughs> you know, yeah. So swings and roundabouts, but yes, G Generation One all the way. What are some other generations of Transformers you like? Beast Wars, Beast Machines. I I like I love Transformers Animated. Cybertronian technology can withstand more than this pathetic planet can dish out. We Decepticons now face our darkest hour. I think Prime is a good show, though I think it 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 lagged a little bit in terms of uh, in terms of non-cartoon i i will die on the hill of dreamwave i i still think uh, despite the fact that again that has not held up very well at all either um and obviously has been mired in controversy uh, that is what brought me back to the game so i have a nostalgic attachment to that um uh i think i think uh galaxy force is an is a really good show, a very underrated show, and I am absolutely loving uh, the current IDW two that's going on at the moment. Uh, and I think, assuming that Ruckley can stick the landing, yeah. which I have no doubt he will, I've got no reason to believe he won't be able to. I think if Ruckley can stick the landing, I think in five years' time. When it's all there and and we've had time to assess and stuff, I th I think Ruckley's run will go down as one of the all time greats. Yeah, I mean, I over on the pullback we've covered and uh, here on all things Transformers because I do those as crossovers. We've covered the first three volumes of the trades, mm -hmm. so that's up to I think issue fifteen or sixteen of it. Okay, and I, I think I would have to go back and look and see. But I, I don't know what it is about IDW second generation, third generation, phase three, whatever the, whatever they're going to call it. Mm. You know, I I think they actually do call it phase three because the phase two books were, you know, 
Roberts and Barber and all of that. But mm. I don't know what it is about that book, but I could not get into the, like, I don't know if it was the way Brian was writing it or if it was the way that, I, I don't know, I, I, I got lost. I was exactly the same as you. I, absolutely the same. When it first started, I dropped it almost straight away. I read the first six issues, and I was like, "Nope, this isn't for me. It's too slow. Uh, it's 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 too uh, it's it's too plodding, and all of that stuff." Uh, and for whatever reason, I decided, "Look, I'm just going to buy the trades." And I got like it was only recently, you know, it was only a couple of months ago that I went back to it. So I I think I got to about trade three or four, and I I just read them like just non-stop uh and yeah. it clicked for me now i will make the argument and I, I i've heard people make the argument comics aren't published in trades that they, these aren't graphic novels these are comic books uh and you can't you, you can't say it is a good comic book if you enjoy it in graphic novel form and i uh in in trade form and i agree with that like i don't think it's a great comic book uh, in in the sense of a monthly read. In fact, now that I've reached the end of the trades, I've actually stopped reading it because I don't want to read it issue by issue by issue by issue. Um, but having sat there and taken a few days to just read all of it, uh, it 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 makes a lot of sense to me. Um, yeah. So you know, I, I I totally understand it because I was right there. But for whatever reason, when I went back. It just clicked, and I, I uh, yeah. So I'm, I'm looking forward to him sticking the landing, and we'll, we'll wait and see. That said, all of the spin-offs that they've done have really been a waste of time. Uh, and, <laughs> uh, make no bones about it. I think the the Wreckers miniseries was a waste of time. I think the 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 Constructicon miniseries was a complete waste of time. Basically, anything that Ruckley didn't write has been a waste of time, um, and and has been a waste of issues. Because clearly, Ruckley has no interest in touching that stuff, because he hasn't. The Constructor right. Cods have not showed back up, even though they were in year one of his run, and they yeah. were given like six issues. Uh, yeah. You know, uh, but that's that's uh, an issue with editorial rather than with Ruckley himself. So, yeah. So, I mean, yeah. I, I don't know. I the, the thing with the comics is that I liked galaxies for what it was i mean for what it did as a mini like a 12 issue mini series mm. it was able to tell various story like instead of putting writers and each each section of that as you know each it had a different creative team so one yeah. through four had this five and six had this seven and nine had this and then 10 11 and 12 had this and that's all well, good, and great. That gives many creators a chance to touch a brand that they may love. Because why else would you work on something if you don't love it? Mm. You know, and whatever. And that's amazing. And But it also gives them that chance without having to say, okay, hey, you're now the new Transformers writer of the next... 70 issues, let's say. Mm. I, I seriously doubt that, that uh, Ruckley's run is going to reach that by the time IDW loses the license, sadly. But, you know, it is what it is. I don't know. I My, my I don't problem know. with Legacy, 
was that, uh, and I've been arguing for a, a Transformers anthology book for for years. Mm-hmm. I think IDW should have done a Transformers anthology book decades ago, um, and they should have done exactly what they did, which is give a dedicated number of issues to a dedicated creative team and just say, go wild. But what they should not have done is they should not have limited it to the IDW's new rebooted universe in order to try and artificially inflate that universe. Because what I hated the most about that legacy book, and and this was actually one of the things that really did uh, hurt, I think, my enjoyment of that early, early IDW, was... You're telling me that the very first miniseries that you are going to publish after you have gone ahead and said we are starting from scratch is a series about the enigma of sodding combination. Get (laughs) into the sea. It was a dumb idea back when, when it was done in the original IDW. I hate mysticism in my Transformers. Get rid of it, and why do that? Like, why not come up with a new reason why the combiners work? And the very fact, and I know you haven't got to this yet, but uh, the Enigma of Combination does show back up in Ruckley's run, and the way Ruckley has handled it suggests to me, and I don't know this for definite, but it feels to me like Ruckley literally (laughs) just went, get this rubbish into the sea. Um and I will leave it at that. Um, but I, I, yeah, why, why you would go instantly back to a universe that you've just said we're moving on from baffles me. Um, and yeah, get yeah, rid of- I, I have, yeah, I've only read up to for the ongoing for Mr. Ruckley's ongoing. I have only read up to issue twenty-four. Right. Okay. Because I, I've that got was no in concept yeah. of. Uh, I've got no context for, for where that is. I, I, I don't know. But um, That was, it's the All Fall Down arc. Oh, what was going on in that? It, all right, let me just look at issue 24. Thank you so much, TF Wiki. Uh, <laughs> issue 24, from the surface of Winged Moon, Wheeljack watches the last of evacuation shuttles leaving for Cybertron. Oh, And yes. focuses his mind on, okay. Yes, so you yes. Know exactly yeah, I know where you are. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, there, there's a long way to go before the Enigma shows back up. But needless to say, <laughs> needless to say, when it does, Ruckley treats it with the respect it deserves. and, uh, and, and <laughs> The respect it deserves, which means just dis. Discard it. <laughs> hey, look, I'm, I'm not going to. I'm not going to spoil it for you. But like, uh, look, just, when you read it, you'll you, you'll think back to this conversation and you'll go, mm-hmm. huh? Oh yeah. <laughs> now, like I say, I don't know. Maybe Rookley's got a greater plan for it. Maybe it's going to come back and annoy me right at the end. Uh, but uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see. Um, but no, to, to go back to the question that we've deviated from, um, you know, I, I don't think there's I don't think there's a Transformer series that I I actively don't like, uh, except for probably Energon. And, really, and and I would probably say that. The IDW, uh, sorry, the Dreamwave Energon comics were were fine. They were good. Obviously, they ended too soon. And the first nine episodes of Energon or so are all right. But then after that, it just becomes a cluster. Um, but even then, like, I would look at Energon and I would say uh, Alpha Q was a great character. I, I think there is definitely 
I, I think there is definitely uh, the possibility of bringing back the idea of the combining Autobots. I think that's an interesting combination, uh, like concept for a toy gimmick don't think it necessarily paid off well but with today's magical articulation who knows what they could come up with yeah like it, it's it, i i could still see some of the that even though i would i could i i think i it's it's fair to say that energon is is probably the weakest of of everything that transformers has um has produced well then question four is going to be difficult to answer do you like Loathe, or are you just indifferent to the Bayverse? <laughs> <laughs> okay, we we need uh, we we need uh, to d- define terms. Uh, is Bumblebee counted in the Bayverse? Lucky Land Casino asking people, "What's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky?" Lucky in line at the deli, I guess. Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I count it as a live-action movie. However, I will state that it is the bridge to a new non-Michael Bay-directed universe coming okay. with Rise of the Beasts and things like that. So my argument would be, or my not argument, my answer would be, I think the first Transformers the movie, the 2007 movie, is a good movie. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's it's a it's a fine. It's 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 a fine, decent movie that I think you know made made a lot of money, and you know was was really good for the brand, even though it killed Transformers animated. So its its legacy in my mind is marred. However, I think that's a good movie. I think every subsequent movie after that became an intolerable mess. To the point that I still have not seen the last Michael Bay directed movie, and nor do I have any interest in. I watched the first fifteen minutes of the last night, and I still have not ever gone back and and finished it. Well, not I that we not, not that we condone this around here at all things Transformers and Geekcast Radio Network. I found it somewhere online in a dark corner, mm. and I tried watching it, and I'm like, yep, nope. No, nope. just can't do it. Yeah, I, uh, I I had no interest in dedicating another. Here's the problem with the <laughs> just to go down the rabbit hole. Mm-hmm. The, these are transform. I make this argument all of the time, and I get the fact that I am literally shouting at grown men usually when I do it. But the reality is, Transformers should be and has always been for kids. 
doesn't matter how much you want to like turn around and say, oh, well, I'm an adult collector and the, the this line, the, oh, the masterpiece line, that's what I collect, so therefore I'm purely adult. Look, it's a kid's toy line. It's a kid's property. These movies should also be for kids. These movies should not be three hours long. Like, <laughs> I, 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 I do not understand why Hasbro let Michael Bay get away with making these things just so long. Um, but never mind. I, I, I digress. Um, well, the, you know, the thing of it is, is that the one thing I cannot fault the movie, the Bayverse, the movie verse one through five is that they made the brand a bajillion, zillion, trillion, million, fulfillion dollars. And without that money, Transformers may not be where it is currently. We may not have ever gotten an arc. We may, even though what I'm about to say was more so fan funded than anything else, we may never have gotten a Unicron HasLab, whatever. Mm. But what I will say is that they, I'm not disagreeing with you. You you are correct. He is a director with a certain style Mm -hmm. and they are trying to mass market these movies to the main. I mean, if I go up to somebody in a grocery store, not that I'm going to, but if I, you know, pass somebody in a grocery store saying, Hey, what do you think? Do you know what Transformers is? Oh, the first thing that they might say is those movies that Michael Bay made because Transformers, I feel with us, with the fans, is even though it's a global thing and everybody knows about it, most of the stuff that we love because we are all children inside. You say that it's a it's a brand for kids and you're not wrong. The sad thing is none of us, I don't think any of us have ever, ever grown up. And I blame the 80s for that because that's <laughs> the way the 80s was. You know, I mean, like, I I was a latchkey, you know, single parent kid kind of thing. I went to school. I discussed various cartoons and action figures and whatever with my friends at recess and whatever else. Obviously, I learned stuff in elementary school like you're supposed to, whatever. I would come home. First thing I would do is watch, try to do part of my homework, watch cartoons, eat dinner, finish my homework, and then watch more cartoons. Like, And the way that style of growing up has progressed over the, you know, you know, 42 years that I am now alive, it's like, I, just because Toys R Us isn't here in the States anymore doesn't mean I I grew up. No, no. <laughs> and, and, you know, you know it, like, the, the thing is with the Michael Bay movies, is, is, I think, you know, we can extrapolate a few things about, like, what would happen if the Michael Bay movies had not happened. And I, I think it's fair to say that we're actually living right now, I think, in the in the the timeline of the the non-movie verse and and what i mean by that is you know the time that the first movie came out animated was out if the movie hadn't happened animated would have got another season maybe another a a, a second season the deal with uh the hope would never have happened which means transformers prime would probably never have happened um by that point we would probably have gotten a new Transformers show after Transformers Animated. It might have done all right, but you're already heading into the 2010s. You're already heading into the days of iPads and things like that, and kids yeah. not 
caring about cartoons anymore and things like that. And what we would have seen is what we're seeing now, which is Hasbro don't have a backup plan for when the movies don't happen. So what, what they've done is they've gone to the well, which fans have been begging for for the last 20 20 odd years now which is give us g1 and that's what hasbro have done the only difference is we would have got it 10 years earlier and we would have got it with 10 years ago uh engineering as opposed to today's magic um yeah and so i, I like it in what respect i thank the bay movies because what we're getting now is to my mind because in terms of my collecting, and I don't know if this is going to be a question that's going to be raised later, but like I will, yeah. I am now only collecting based on my love of Generation One, um, mm-hmm. for the most part. Anyway, and every so often I might dip in here or there, but you know now I have the most accurate, most incredible Generation One collection um, that you're ever going to get. Um, yeah. and so you know the, the Bay movies, I think. Uh, earn their place in in the fandom, um, but uh, but I, I I can't say that I'm a fan of them. Yeah, because it's shit I, I as mean, well. Because The Rock is an awesome movie, and I will you know I'll, I'll... <laughs> <laughs> yes, I you know it's it's one of those things where when I ask that question, it's and everyone that has answered it so far. Actually, that question used to be further down in the list. I moved it up to number four because somebody brought it up this early in the conversation in one of the other episodes. And I was like, "Hmm, maybe I should move this question around. Anyway. So yes, I absolutely just like beast wars saved transformers in the nineties, even though the CGI was early CGI, you know, the 2007 film helped propel as, as we've said, and as you said, you know, to what we have now, and that's fine. Does that mean that the story in those movies is good? No, it does not mean that at all. Just because it made the money doesn't mean it's a good story. <laughs> in fact, you you bringing up Beast Wars there, I think uh, in... Let me see, how, how would I phrase this best? I think you referencing Beast Wars there proves the exact point of why, in the long run, I I think right now the Michael Bay movies have done more harm than good. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the reason I, I believe that is because back when Transformers died, and died for you guys, because it never died for mm-hmm. us, like, it never stopped in the UK. Like, we yeah. we were getting new Transformers right into uh, Beast Wars launching. Uh, you know, we were getting Overlord uh, and stuff like that in the UK. Um, because, you know, we're the, we're the real hardcore fans. You guys were just the fair weather. You were like, you were like Action Masters. Now nah, we're done, and we were like, give us Action Masters! Um, you lucky sods. <laughs> but... But it took a reinvention like Beast Wars for for Transformers to find its footing again. Mm -hmm. Hasbro will not allow that to happen anymore. And I I make the argument right now is what I want from Transformers more than anything else. And I'm not going to get it in the new show. And as much as I think the creative, you know, Nick Roach, art director, Nicole Dubeck, uh, you know, uh, story editor um, Mm -hmm. and showrunner, 
These are incredible talents. But what are we going to get? We're going to get a generic Optimus Prime. We're probably going to get a generic Megatron. There'll be a Starscream. There'll be a Soundwave. There'll definitely be a Bumblebee. There's already an Alita 1. Uh, Hasbro need to give the property to somebody who can do something new with it. The last time we had something new in Transformers was Transformers Animated, and that was back in 2007. And the problem is, the Bay movies have turned Transformers from a kid's cartoon to, as you pointed out, a billion gazillion dollar franchise, which, just like all of these other companies, Disney and stuff like that, are terrified to mess with um, on on a grand scale. Uh, and, yeah. but, but I think that's what Transformers needs now. I think Transformers needs to be messed with. I think somebody needs to take it and, uh, and strip it down and start all over again, um, just like they did back in Beast Wars. You know, like... But yep. that's, that's just my opinion, anyway. And uh, our... Lovely show creator Steve Megatron is not a fan of this, and I don't know what your feelings are on it, but that to me is what BotBots is. That is the next new. <laughs> yeah, because it literally has nothing to do with Transformers. Mm. All it has to do with Transformers is Energon shot down and activated, like, there are amalgamations, there are character things you can see in the very, like, Burgertron, and, mm. you know, whatever. It is what it is, but there is no Optimus Prime. There is no Megatron. There is no, oh, my God, we have to pay attention to 40 years of, of, of continuity or not. Mm. And, yeah, you're right. You're absolutely right. They won't take that chance. They won't at all. Mm. But... Who knows? Maybe they... I, I don't know. I, I agree with the argument, though. I, I think... Uh, I keep saying argument. We're not arguing here. I, I agree no, with we're the not sen- arguing. I, no, I know. I, I agree with the sentiment. I think BotBots is a, is a lovely breath of fresh air. In the same way that I thought uh, RescueBots... Uh, mm-hmm. RescueBots is the best Transformers show we've had in... Okay, this is going to be controversial because I know there's a lot of people who love Transformers Prime. RescueBots is the best show since Transformers Animated. Um, in terms of it just being a fun, enjoyable cartoon. The problem yeah. with Rescue Bots and the same with Bot Bots, I think, is unfortunately it skews just a bit too young that a kid growing up will look at Rescue Bots and Bot Bots in the same way that people of my generation would look at things like Thomas the Tank Engine or Postman Pat. I don't know what the American equivalent of these shows would be for you, but these sort of these shows that aren't quite for the the older child. Um, mm-hmm. You know, the, these would be the your your four to six maybe, uh, and I think they skew just a little, just a little too far there. So I think when kids move grow past those, uh, mm-hmm. that's when they don't get something new and interesting they just get the rehashed transformers you know and i don't know whether or not that has any any bearing on any kids like it'll be really interesting if in uh five or ten years time we start seeing kids 
or, or young adults, I guess, at this point, uh, coming to Transformers conventions because they love the Netflix shows. <laughs> and if they are, I will slap them. Um, and and <laughs> tell, them, tell them that the world is doomed. Uh, <laughs> Have you seen all of BotBots? I haven't seen all of it, but I've seen enough of it to know that I, I enjoy it. Okay. So, what was the last episode you saw of the ten that are out? Oh, God. Now, now, now you're asking. I'll be perfectly honest with you. Um, I have seen some of them, but uh, I... I, I could, let's put it this okay. way. I, I've watched them, but I could not... Uh, I, I could not tell you any discernible qualities to them but i i enjoyed it while it was on um okay so here's the thing and we are not yet to the point here at all things transformers where i have done my full-on season one or series one or whatever the first 10 episodes whatever they're going to call i i don't know what streaming calls seasons any seasons are like used to be 22 episodes oh no now they're 13 okay fine now they're 10 now they're five and i'm like Whatever, but anyway, so I haven't done our full review, so I, I'm, I've kind of I'm I don't want to repeat myself in the future. But when I watch the first ten episodes, there are certain things like there's an episode about finding. Obviously, the whole through line of the series is Burger Tron. At least at first, wants to get back with his squad, mm. and he wants all the other bots to get back with their squads. Not realizing that throughout the entire ten episodes, the Lost Bots became their own squad because they're all these. You know, it, it's like the Island of Misfit Toys from the Rankin and Bass uh, uh, Rudolph show. Mm. So there are a couple of things in there, like feeling lost, like the whole aspect of feeling lost amongst your friends or feeling lost amongst where society thinks you should be. And then you finding your place personally, I think only teenagers and young adults to older adults can get that. I don't think a four to six year old is going to get why bonsai, the, the plant girl, why she doesn't have her own squad anymore, kind of, I, I don't know. I, I'm probably reading too much into it, but, you know. No, no, I, um, I, I, I think you make a very good point there, and, and you're right. I mean, um, it's... I, I hope it is. You know what I mean? I, I, I hope every yeah. aspect of Transformers is somebody's gateway to it. I think more to do with BotBots, though, I, th I think it's just... And, and again, I might be old man shouting on a on his uh, on his put from his pulpit here, but I, I I often wonder if it's just the animation, um, you know. Uh, but then again, I think back to the early two thousands, and I think back to shows like Ed, Ed, and Eddie, and stuff like that. And I, yeah. I looked at those animations, and I thought they were rubbish, and you know they were huge, and you know there are you you see. You see those things on T-shirts nowadays, and you know because that that is the Powerpuff Girls is the cultural touchstone for an entire generation of people. Even though I thought back in the day it looked like tripe, uh, but then again I, I thought Beast Wars looked amazing. So you know, hey, swings around about, I guess. Um, yeah, yeah. 
All right. So question, the next question we have is, who is your end-all, be-all favorite character from any Transformers incarnation? You can pick one Decepticon, one Autobot, one Maximal, one Predacon. Oh, okay. Uh, Generation 1 Optimus Prime is my goat. Uh, And when I say Generation 1 Optimus Prime, I mean the cartoon version of him. Because despite the fact that I... Uh, d- despite the fact that I grew up in the UK, which was predominantly the Marvel comics, I, for whatever reason, missed out on the Marvel comics, and I was just a purely cartoon kid. Uh, Generation 1 Optimus Prime every every time, which is interesting because I don't have an affinity for any other 80s leader character. Leonardo was not my favorite turtle. He-Man was not my favorite Masters of the Universe character. Um the leader characters don't tend to interest me, but Optimus Prime just all day long. Like, so yeah, Optimus Prime. Decepticon wise, my favorite Decepticon, oh, that's a difficult one. Uh, I love Galvatron. I think Galvatron's incredible. Um, I think Galvatron's amazing. I, I don't know why necessarily. I I think he's just maniacal to him. In fact, actually, one thing, this is going to sound really weird, but one of the one of the reasons that I love Galvatron so much is because of the Dreamwave Armada comic books. Okay. Okay. So if you remember the Dreamwave Armada comic books, the last or the second to last story arc that they did was Worlds Collide where uh, where Simon Furman introduced a, a, a ver- Unicron's heralds from an alternative dimension, and they were basically his Generation 1 favorite character. There was, there was Bludgeon, there was like Ramjet or Thrust, one of the two. I think it might have been Thrust. Um, uh, there was Thunderwing, and was it Thunderwing? I think it was Thunderwing. And then there was Galvatron. Uh, but the Galvatron that showed up in that series was this just monstrous, silent, just no-nonsense, just took everybody out, and he was just ridiculously powerful. And what I loved about that show was, I was like, I kind of like this idea, and this is purely headcanon. So, you know, take that for what it's worth. I always thought to myself, you know, is the reason Galvatron is insane because he went into that lava bath, or, or doesn't matter why he's insane, but this is what Galvatron would have been like had Unicron gotten him right. Had 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 Galvatron had Megatron been dead and he just reused his carcass or whatever it is, and I don't know, it just made me love Galvatron all that much. So anyway, uh, Beast Wars characters, oh god, like I mean, the Beast Wars characters are just like the best. Like pound for pound, there is not a bad Beast Wars character, uh, with the exception of uh, Tigertron and Airazor. Um, hey, you leave Tigerhawk alone. I've got no, <laughs> I've got no problem with Tigerhawk. Tigerhawk is a badass, but Tiger, but Tigertron and Airazor, Tigertron, Airazor, Scorpion. Look, Scorpionok and Terrasaur were so bad that they fell into lava. Because of a ro- like, because of a slight earthquake, they were that boring. They couldn't even be bothered to come up with good reasons to write them out of the show. Um, I, I, you know what it is. I, I adore Rat Trap. 
I think Rat Trap is phenomenal. Uh, but I am I am literally, if you ask me tomorrow, it could be a different character. And in terms of mm-hmm. Predacons, um, you know what? Inferno is is just tremendous. But I'm I'm going to. I'm going to pull one out. Uh, I'm going to say he's not my favorite, but he is one that is incredibly overlooked. I adore Quick Strike. <laughs> I just adore Quick Strike. And the very fact that that original 1997 Quick Strike toy works so well with the current crop of Beast Wars figures in terms of scale, in terms of articulation, it's just phenomenal. Um, mm-hmm. so I, yeah I, I adore Quick Strike I think it's fantastic awesome yeah so follow up really quickly which voice of Galvatron do you prefer do you prefer Spock or do you prefer Frank Welker uh, no I, I, I think I do prefer Leonard Nimoy um, really yeah I, I think so because I again he was the more measured uh, he he was more measured, and whereas I I think Frank definitely had to play up the maniacal, cackly, crazy. Mm-hmm. You know, we we think of Web World or, or something like that. Yep. Um, you know, I I think I think one of um, and again, this is pure headcanon, and I do apologize because it's not really a no, fair no. question if I'm saying like, oh, because in my head I think this, but um, you know, I've always had this idea that like. Uh, you know, when Optimus Prime opened up the Matrix, it, Return of Optimus Prime Part 2. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. And the madness w- was removed and stuff. Uh, w- one of my favorite Galvatron scenes of all time is when he comes up and he says, you know, there, there, there will be no war today, Autobots. You have earned Galvatron's respect. And the way Frank plays that line, there's mm-hmm. no craziness in him or anything and it's all like i almost get the feeling that like there is a sense that whatever the matrix has done it has it has given galvatron like a moment like galvatron is finally uh, in my head it's megatron who's talking to him uh you know because in in my head so quick diversion if if I was to have written a Transformer season five, and I appreciate the fact that this would never have happened in the Sunbow cartoons and all of that stuff, I would have made the argument that the reason Galvatron is insane is not because of the lava bath, but because Megatron and Galvatron are two completely different people, and they're literally at odds with each other. And so, you know, 
my headcanon would say that that is Megatron talking to Optimus Prime, and and I thought it would be re- I, I I thought it was like really symbolic because it's the last time that Megatron talks to Optimus Prime, and the last thing that Megatron ever says to Optimus Prime is there will be no war today, Optimus Prime. Um, but that's just my head count. Um, and, and, and I think that's when Frank, like, was, was really cool. But, but no, I think, I think Nimoy is, N- Nimoy has the threat, uh, but also the, uh, the intelligence as well. Uh, so mm-hmm. yeah, I'm, I'm going to go with Nimoy. Yeah. I, man. Yeah, I've given you something to think about now, haven't I? Normally, I would argue the fact that, you know, eh, they were the same guy. Because, essentially, one turns into the other. It's it's transmogrification. It's whatever. But, fuck, man. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's it. I, 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 you know, Goldbug, Bumblebee becomes Goldbug. It is literally, he just got an upgrade and he changed his name. He's the same guy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But and, and to be and to be fair, to be fair, the reason that I always thought this um, was because, despite the fact that I watched the cartoons, I did not see the Five Faces of Darkness until I was oh, a fully wow. grown adult. So oh, I wow. didn't realize that. Uh, I didn't realize that Galvatron. That Gal- well, yeah. no, no, I, I knew the voice changed because I knew it was Frank doing it, but I right. didn't realize that he, he went into the lava bath. Like I, uh, you know, the only thing we got was you know the um, the secret files of Teletran two, and you see him <laughs> coming out of the lava and stuff, and he's clearly insane and stuff. I didn't realize that was part of an episode until I was in my twenties. Oh, so wow. I, I just assumed he was nuts because. Um, he was nuts, you know, and, and so like in my head I was like, all right, so why is he nuts? Well, he's nuts because Unicron was keeping the Megatron personality in check. And mm-hmm. and the Galvatron that he created, um, you know, what like why did why did Scourge and the and and, and uh Cyclonus work then? Well, you never saw the Insecticons or the Seekers arguing. They were already dead. It was Galvatron just reused their husks and rebuilt them. The reason the reason they're fine is because uh, they, they are literally a brand new personality implanted mm-hmm. onto onto dead bodies. But yeah, Megatron where the, was alive, uh, yeah, you know, and and all of that stuff. So yeah, like that. That's always been like my thing. Uh, I, total head cannon. I love Galvatron. Uh, I don't just love Galvatron. I love the Marvel Comics Galvatron. Um, I liked some of the IDW Galvatron. Um, you know, so <laughs> it's not just purely oh, because Galvatron, but yeah. Mm-hmm. And I love Cyclonus. Yeah. Like Cyclonus. Oh, so, Cyclonus is well. amazing. Yeah. Cyclonus is is number one. Mm. Uh, yeah, Galvatron. I love the threat that Nimoy brought with. Mm. Oh, okay, because you know you look at that, and I'm going to ask you this way later as far as like the 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 disparagement between the time of us in the U.S. having Transformers versus when it actually got to the U.K. kind of thing, because like as you've said. It wasn't all at the same time, mm. uh, you know, but 
for me, you know, you look at Megatron and Megatron throughout those first two seasons, he had a couple of insane moments, but for the most part, he was just an evil dude. Mm. So when you take, you know, when you put him in front of a giant planet and the giant planet says you either obey me or you die, well, then, you know, I accept your I accept your terms. I accept your terms. Ah, you know. Yeah. He, I, I think a little bit of Galvatron was already there because, you know, him screaming in, in fear of dying a little bit. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. You know, but, uh, like any of us would, hello. I mean, if we're facing our own death, then of course we're going to scream. Yeah. But yeah, so when when you transform him, when you change him from Megatron to Galvatron, okay, great. The only time he was ever hindered was when Unicron tortured him, yet when you get to season three and I love this I absolutely love the fact that Flint Dilly and the Sunbow crew got a mental health cartoon in the we talk about (laughs) men and women but we talk about men and women's mental health today and everything else and doing the right thing for yourself in the right amount of time, whatever else and all this and all that and how, you know we need to be able to talk about the things that are going around in our brain. And what, Oh, that was the other thing I didn't tell you off air was I also had brain surgery since the last time we talked. I'll tell you that story later. Well, I hope to God it was nothing like web world, please. For the love of God. <laughs> no, 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 <laughs> no, 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 nothing like web world. So, so yeah, I mean, I guess my whole point here is, is that, yeah, Leonard is the evil side, whereas they took, Frank and just made Galvatron this mental patient that you needed to have. What a way to get sympathy for a villain, honestly, if you really think about it. If he if he's gone crazy and he's not just crazy because he's crazy, yikes. Mm. All right. What are some other Transformers characters you like? Oh, geez. Uh, oh, God, uh, I have a I have a big love for uh, Jazz Generation One Jazz. I have a great love for Generation One Ironhide, uh, Scorponok. I I adore. Um, outside of Generation One, uh, I mean, uh, animated Sentinel Prime is, is incredible. Transformers animated Megatron is the best Megatron. Hands down, like, no questions. Uh, he is just the definitive Megatron. I would go so far as to say Corey Burton is the best Megatron. Not David Kay, not Frank, uh, not Frank Welker. D- Corey Burton's Megatron is... When I, when I hear Megatron, if I'm reading a comic book, I hear Corey mm-hmm. Burton's Megatron. Um, I, I, I adore his Megatron. Um, I think... Um, Oh God! You know, I mean, like I could, I could go through every series, and there's, there's a character that I, I love. I loved IDW's Prowl until they <laughs> basically ruined him um, in Barber's Run uh, because they just didn't know what to do with him. Uh, yeah. I thought. Um, I mean, if you were going to tell me that, I, you know. IDW was going to make me a fan of like Pyro. Like I, I would have, I would have said. Well, first of all, I would have said which one's Pyro again. Um, but uh, you know, like yeah, there's just 
There's so many. Um, right. All right. So, on the flip side, are there any Transformers characters you hate? Oh, hate's a weird word. Uh, like, no, I, I don't think there's a character that I hate. Like, I, I, there are characters that I do not understand the appeal of. Mm-hmm. I do not understand the appeal of Generation One Starscream. <laughs> like, I know why I, I get it Like, and I'm about to say something here that if I'm not careful in the way I word it I, I have a feeling it could be taken out of context I appreciate the fact that a character like Generation 1 Starscream appeals to a female fan base I don't know why I don't know what it is about evil, maniacal, backstabbing Jets that that appeals to a female audience. Uh, I have seen it, um, but I just don't understand it, uh, <laughs> uh, and I've I've never I've never really gotten on board with it. And I think, to be honest, the reason that I've never gotten on board with it is because Generation One Starscream never in the cartoon again, and that was what I grew mm-hmm. up. It never made sense. He never made sense. He never did anything that was worthwhile that Megatron would keep him around. And people could say, like, oh, well, he was a great uh, aerial general. Point to me a single thing that he did in that entire in, in that entire first two seasons that would make him that 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 would make you keep him around. Um, and that's kind of why I like Galvatron because when he shows up and kills him in Transformers the movie, it makes perfect sense because it's just like th- this guy is he, this, this guy is useless. Like why why was Skywarp the guy that could literally teleport around the world? Why was he not the leader of the Seekers and he had a cooler paint design? Yeah, I don't know what it is about. G1 Starscream that appeals to the female side of the fandom. Mm. I don't want to explore it. I think the answer is obvious. Next question. I love when a plan comes together. I've tried to have the conversation before, but I've never I've never met anybody who's been able to articulate why. Uh, but I, I think it's I'm... that... Uh, it's. I think... And and this is an assumption on my part, and as I say, you mm-hmm. know, I, I would I, I would defer to a, to a woman's opinion. I think the part of the female brain that loves Starscream is the same part of the male brain that loves characters like Vegeta. Okay. <laughs> All right. You know, yeah, that, that, that's that's just uh, that's it. It's that that anti <laughs> like we love a good anti-hero. They just love a mm-hmm. really evil villain. You know. Yeah. Uh, but who knows? Yeah, absolutely. Right. Next one then. All right. Over your lifetime as you got older, did your interest in the Transformers franchise grow stronger or get weaker? Uh, oh, it's definitely been peaks and valleys, uh, obviously. You know, uh, and I'm sure you, you can appreciate this as well. Um, I, as a kid of the 80s, you know, Transformers came out early 80s. 
Uh, I mm-hmm. I remember He-Man being the biggest thing in the playground. Then I remember Transformers being the biggest thing in the playground. Then Ghostbusters was the biggest thing in the playground. Uh, then then you got Turtles. Uh, and mm-hmm. Turtles was the game changer, and then Turtles yep. gave way to Power Rangers, and Power Rangers mm-hmm. became the game changer. And I was always that kid in the playground who was like, "No, no, Transformers is still the best." And everybody was like, <laughs> "Shut up, David! No, it's not. Like Transformers is so old." And I was like, "No, no, it's not, because 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 the movie's cool." Um, and then you know, as, as and when he says the movie is cool, folks, he means the '86 movie, the good one, the amazing one. I, I, Even though it has animation errors in it, whatever. <laughs> still maintain that if that movie hadn't been released, Transformers wouldn't be a thing today. Uh, but anyway, as as we as we head out of the '80s and into the '90s, yeah, like Transformers, pretty much. You know, I say it's still carried on here, but there was no real. I was a fan of the cartoons. People were still reading the comics. I didn't. Uh, that was it. I, I was kind of done with it. Uh, I fell back into it in the early 2000s when the reissues started hitting and, and all of that stuff. And then I was back into it. And I was back into it huge. That was that was my, you know, I was an adult now. I had disposable income. I was buying everything. Uh, and that pretty much was... Uh, was how it went until about five years ago uh, when I sort of realized that I wasn't connecting with, uh, in fact, actually, no, I keep saying five years ago. It's not even five years ago. We're we're talking like 10 years ago at this point. We're talking like Transformers Prime was when Mm -hmm. I started to realize that I wasn't really connecting with the media in the same way that I did. Um, and so at that point I kind of, I, I, I kind of, I didn't leave the fandom or anything, I, but I did take a step back. I stopped doing the podcast. Um, uh, I, I focused more on what we did at the convention and things like that. Uh, and now I think I'm in like a really good place with it, which is that I can happily turn around and say, yeah, I've not seen the last Michael Bay movie and nor do I have any interest in it. Uh, and you know, I might, I might go back and finish watching the rest of bot bots. I might not, but I don't really care to be honest. Um, you know, and, and so I, I think I'm in a, like, I think I'm in the right place for where I am in my life. You know, I'm nearly 40. Uh, I'm 40 this year. Um, and, and I'm in a, I'm in a point where I know what I like from Transformers. I I I know what joy Transformers brings me, um, but I don't need to be. I I I don't need to be everything Transformers anymore, uh, which I was for a, you know a good long time. Um, so yeah, I I've I since since the early two thousands, I've never left it. Nor do I ever believe I ever will leave it again. But I just don't need to be as invested in it. As mm. as I as I had been, yeah, and I, you know, you say that, and I'm kind like, all right, we are now at a point where I'm going to say it again because I'm two years older than you, but we are two years away from the 40th anniversary mm. of G1. Mm-hmm. So we've had all of this stuff in the last 40 years, from cartoons to toys to comics, and Arguably right now, the toys are the best they have ever been. Mm. You know, that Galvatron 
all different, all, all of the repaints of him. The, the dirty original mold, the new mold that doesn't have the dirt on it, the, the G1 toy design of it, the reformat. You want to talk about something I've wanted since I was a kid? I want a toy of reformatted Galvatron, and they did that with mm. whatever the HasLab, whatever the hell it was. But, you know, the thing is, is that we all have something in this franchise, and we all also have many other interests that we like i don't just sit here and record transformers podcasts every week anymore i record about comics or podcasting or mm. he-man or movies or it's that's why it's called the geek cast radio network that's why our hashtag is unleash the geek in you is because it doesn't matter what you're a geek or a nerd or whatever about as long as you're enjoying it enjoy it for what it is i'm sure there yeah. are plenty you know, part of your screen name was Kal-El Prime. Well, I assume the Kal-El part is because you're a Superman fan. Uh, guilty as charged. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, you know, so, yeah. you know, like, the thing of it is, is we focus on the parts of whatever fandom we like. Hmm. And we have those parts. And those parts aren't necessarily more or less important than someone else focusing on I mean, yeah, I may make a snide remark about uh, the Unicron trilogy or whatever. But, you know, like, but I'm, I haven't watched all of Armada, Energon, and Cybertron. And supposedly by Cybertron, they say it gets better, quote unquote. And I'm like, it took them three series to get better. But then again, look at the, look at the, whatever. Yeah. No, it's always, it's always a, it's always a dumb argument that, oh, no, it gets better. Like yeah, but it's but it's not good now though. No, so I have to put up with the crap bit to get to the good bit. Yeah, yeah. Well, well. I mean, I I would say I I would argue I would I would say you know if you don't mind reading subtitles, um, just watch Galaxy Force because Galaxy Force is not the third part in the trilogy. You don't need to have watched Armada and Energon, uh, because Galaxy Force wasn't a continuation of those shows until it was put <laughs> turned into Cybertron. Um, yeah. But uh, you know, it's a good point. Like I, I've had a. I've come to like a weird realization over the last couple of years, right? Mm -hmm. uh, and I'll use Blaster as an example because Blaster is the, the most recent toy that I've bought. Okay. And I was holding Blaster in my hand, right? Mm -hmm. And I, this isn't a revelation that came to me with Blaster. This has been a revelation that I've been having over the last two years, which mm -hmm. is I will never need to buy another Blaster toy in my entire life. Yep. I will never need to buy another Galvatron toy in my entire life. I will never need to buy another Cyclonus toy in my entire life. I will never need to buy another Megatron. Soundwave, Shockwave. Everybody's talking about this new Blitzwing toy. They're like, uh, oh, but you're, you're, you're going to get charged double the price, and it's smaller than the last one. Yes, but it looks like the G1, and it looks better than the Titan's Return, and it's in scale with Astrotrain. So that will be the last Blitzwing <laughs> toy that I ever buy in my entire life. I think there is a, the, the, you know, I look at the new wave of stuff mm -hmm. and I'm like, let's take the, the legacy wave one. I need to buy wild rider. I need to buy skids and I need to buy, uh, and I, and I may buy 
the uh, kickback. Is it kickback? It is kickback, isn't it? Mm. Um, and that's it. <laughs> I don't need some dodgy version of a bulkhead. I don't need uh, an RC repaint. Uh, not repaint. It's obviously a new mold, but 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 uh, an RC that's not Generation One. Like, and I'm perfectly happy with that. And uh, you know, for people that want to buy everything, I was there with you. But I was there with you when it was cost effective to do so. You know? <laughs> uh, when it when when it wasn't going to break the bank, um, because you were buying. Uh, so so I'm cool with that. Like, and I am, and and I hope one day everybody reaches the same Zen tranquil. That, that I do as well. That's not like, but going back to what we said before, I want there to be a new cartoon where I just need it. Like, I, I want there to be something so good that I'm just like, give me all of this because it is amazing. I, like, I want to feel that again. But the last time I yeah. felt that was in 2007 with Transformers Animated. Um, yeah. And I've not felt that since. Uh, and now we're, we're almost. Well, we we're, we're, we're fifteen years uh-huh. removed from the last time that I was like, "This is the best," um, yeah. you know. So, but yeah, oh. like, um, it's it, it's it's a funny place to be in, but it's I think it's a very nice place to be in. Because again, you're not, and this will tie into the next question. You're not having to amongst your friends or amongst even total strangers, you know, back in 2005, 2006, 2007, we were all shouting louder than everyone else on the message boards. So we could be heard about what we liked or didn't like about transformers. And now most of us who are the age that you and I are, we're kind of like, I'm perfectly fine with, whatever it is that I have. And the sad thing is, and I know you've brought it up several times here, but you just said that it's been 15 years and I'm like, yeah. And in that 15 years, we just recently, I believe it was last year, lost Derek J. Wyatt. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. Like, Oh God. Mm -hmm. It just, you know, that show say what anyone wants to say about that show. But some of the things that they did on that show. And I've, I, told this story on this podcast many, many times, but the reason why I continue to retell it is because number one, I think it's funny that at 27 years old, this happened to me. And number two, it's just an awesome emotional moment when I believe it's in Transwarped, probably part three <clears throat> at the end when it is revealed the true colors I remember I was not 2000, so I was 29. It was 2000, whatever season three was of animated. So I was just under my 30th birthday or whatever it is. Mm. I literally was laying in bed watching that episode on Cartoon Network. I literally fell out of bed when Corey Burton says, and now I can finally serve you under my true... Co the biggest gripe I had about long arm slash shockwave and animated. The biggest gripe... Why is he gray? Why is he this color? Why Why is he not purple? Damn it. And then I, they, did, they did the thing. <laughs> I have... I have a... I have, ex I have a very... I, I have a story for that moment as well. All right? Okay, go ahead. Yeah. So... Uh, 
Transformers Animated would air on a Saturday morning in the US. It would then end up on a torrent site, which got usually posted, I think, on the TFW forums um, about three o'clock UK time uh, on a Saturday afternoon. Now, on a Saturday afternoon uh, for for almost an entire decade, there was me, uh, my friend Chris, my friend Phil, and my friend Andy, also known as Cobra Commander TFW from the Moonbase 2 podcast. Mm Mm-hmm. And obviously, Andy and I were the big Transformers fans. Uh, and we went to Asda, and the animated stuff. No, no, sorry, I do apologise. We, we didn't go to uh, we didn't go to the supermarket. Um, the the pictures had showed up for the Purple Shockwave. Mm-hmm. Uh, and literally, I. I we were talking about it and we would we would get dinner and we would sit down and we would watch Transformers Animated. That was like our Saturday ritual. Uh, and and Andy and I are literally talking about how the the the, the Shockwave repaint is just a cheap cash-in. It's just trying to play on nostalgia. There's no need for us to buy it. That scene happens and the two of us just look at each other and go... Shit, we need to buy this. <laughs> like, this this knockoff repaint of of a generation one nostalgia has now become the most important toy in our collection. We need to buy this thing now, uh, and like literally by you know by the end of the week we've gone on eBay or whatever it is. Like yeah, yep. um, you know it was. And and for me, you know, Transformers animated holds a special place in my heart purely because of what we've what we've been able to do. Uh, at TF Nation with Transformers Animated and what it's allowed me to do, uh, mm-hmm. and, and the, the you know the very fact that like in 2019 we got to effectively get the entire cast back together to yeah. to do season four or the the first three episodes, which are available yeah. on YouTube if you're interested. Um, you know, um, and, and I, I will link them in the show notes. And I got to you know Marty Eisenberg sent me a message at. Uh, like 10 to one in the morning and said, are you still awake? And I'm like, yes, I am. He's like, do you want to talk to Corey? And he's in, the oh record- my God. he's in the recording studio doing the lines with Corey Burton, uh, a, a recording studio that we paid for to get Corey in there uh, to, to do this. And I'm just like, it's one o'clock in the morning and you're asking me, do I want to speak to Corey Burton? Yes. Uh, and then uh, d- do you want me to tell my, my, my really awkward Corey Burton story? <laughs> Absolutely. That's what this podcast exists it's, for. It's one o'clock in the morning. Uh, I, I am speaking to Corey Burton, a guy who, you know, every Transformers fan knows. Uh, and I've had the opportunity because of our interaction to be able to interview Corey and stuff. You know, Corey doesn't do conventions. Corey, uh, Corey is a very private individual and I never thought in my entire life I would ever get to speak to Corey and I get to speak to him and I say, all I say to him is just, you know, thank you for taking the time to do this. I really, really appreciate it. And he, in the nicest way possible, turns around and says, David, it's a, you know, it's a pleasure. Thank you for record, uh, sorting out the studio. Um, I hope you like it. And if the conversation had ended there, it would have been a lovely two second conversation between the two of us. But my yeah. mouth, opened up (laughs) and to Corey Burton 
one of the titans of voice <laughs> acting. Yeah. I come out saying, well, if it's not very good, you'll do it again. <laughs> you, wait, wait a second. You English bastard, you gave him a Wally Burr line. Are you kidding me? <laughs> it just fell out. It, it, I was just like, and, and he laughed and I laughed because I was in absolute defense mode here. And then I, yeah. I, 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 you know, I, I laid uh, an entire decade's worth of, uh, you know, pleasantries at his doorstep and stuff like that. But yes, I, uh, uh, yes, I, I threatened Corey Burton, uh, with more work <laughs> if he, if he didn't do it better. Um, but he didn't, he did an incredible oh job and it was, it was amazing. So yeah, you know, like, it's... so, you know, animate animated holds like just this incredible spot in my heart. Uh, and, and you know what? I, I, I hope that, I know this is gonna. This might sound weird, and I, I'm sorry. Like, I do apologize, no, listeners. Like, you know, but if a show comes along, the next show comes along, and I'm not saying it will, because I, I don't know any any more about it than anybody else. But if the mm-hmm. new show comes along, and it's it's not for me, and I know that's a weird phrase now, and it, it's 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 seen as a negative. Oh, it's not for me. Well, no, no, it it literally is. If a show comes along and and it's not for me, I'm not going to complain about it. I'm not going to write mean things on the internet. I'm not going to talk about how it was better when I was a kid. I'm just going to let whoever it is for enjoy it. And I'll always be there for when the next show comes along and the next show and the next show. um, And I will give them a try. And if it's for me, I'll enjoy it. And I, I just kind of, I hope that a lot of people sort of do reach that point where, where they realize that, you know, just because it's different doesn't mean it's necessarily bad. Um, and it, it doesn't all have to be in service of you. Mm-hmm. Um, there is, you know, G1 as, as, you know, <laughs> as, as people like, to come up, like we, we should have no complaints. Because yeah. we have literally been given everything we could want. Now, don't get me wrong. Uh, I still want my goddamn Autobot Target Masters. Where are they, Hasbro? For the love of God, what's going on? <laughs> and also, where are my uh, where where is um, uh, I need my Autobot Target Masters and I need my Throttlebots. Like once you've done that, the game is done, basically. Like. <laughs> Oh, and you can go yeah. back and do some of the combiners again. Um, yeah. You know, but uh, but yeah, like I, I don't know. I just hope I, I'm in a very chilled place with Transformers. Yeah, and I, I'm sort of in that same place. I am also in that same place with Turtles. So for and this is about Transformers. This isn't about Turtles, but it 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 is kind of sort of the same thing. Hmm. We had '87, we had 2003, we had 2012. All three of those animated series I enjoy. I need to catch up with 2012 because I haven't watched past, I think, season two. But whatever. Uh, I think I saw like the first episode of season three where they replaced Jason Biggs with, with Seth Green. But whatever. But when Rise of the TMNT came out, I looked at it and I said, okay, that's the direction they're going to go in. That's fine. 
that's not for me and that's okay. I'm going to go over here and read the IDW comics or mm. whatever kind of thing. Did the IDW comics bring Venus de Milo back? Yes, they did after 24 years. I saw that, right? I saw the headline and mm -hmm. I saw a whole bunch of grown-ass stupid yeah. men moaning yeah. about the fact that they were about to ruin it again. And I, I, I sat there and I thought to myself, like, how misguided do you have to be to yeah. assume that just because a character was treated terribly in a terrible show that nobody enjoyed anything about... Yeah, you would assume that by bringing that character back, uh, you know, all the many many years later, uh, is is going to do exactly the same. I don't know. Is it just a just a, a weird observation that I noticed there? Um, so it's yeah. So the thing about IDW Publishing's Turtles is just as with anything else, in over on the pull bag. My, I usually find one or two people where I can take that person and we can go through everything of whatever. So I have people, I had people for the IDW, the, the Roberts and Barber run. I had hmm. people for this. I So I have my buddy Joe, who he and I over the third, not 13, the nine years that the podcast has been around, you know, we've been reviewing everything in the main IDW continuity. Hmm. And at first, we both thought, oh, when, when they brought in Jenica and then they turned her into a turtle, we were like, oh, no, they're going to go Venus. They didn't. But that's what we initially had thought. And, hey, if they're going to bring back Venus and they're going to like literally my main. So I don't I, I, I'm not famous, folks. I, I'm not. But. Every once in a while, something happens to me where it's like, oh, my God, that just happened to me. I don't remember what was going on at the time in the, in the, in the comic, but in, on the cover of issue 55, which is a cover of Alopex and Kitsune with Casey and April in the background, if you have ever been a TMNT fan, you need to check this out quote, unquote, GeekCast Radio. That is something that I had said to Joe on one of our podcasts, and it is on a physical comic book cover that somebody can purchase. <laughs> Here's the thing. I don't care what, like, there's nothing in the Turtles universe that, that IDW can do wrong. That is a love letter to the entire franchise of the Turtles. Uh, you know, to, again, not necessarily one-up your Corey Burton story, but I have a couple of Derek stories myself that you may not know. Uh, when they were planning... Uh, they were doing something with Motormaster. Uh, it, 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 it's similar to your story. It was like one or two in the morning. I was wide awake. I was surfing Twitter, and Derek J. Wyatt was on Twitter, and he's like, really quickly, I need to see the back of G1 Motormaster's head. So I'm like combing through all of the G1 episodes to see if I can find a screen cap of the back of Motormaster's head. I got that to him and he said, oh, gee, thanks. And that's all I ever, next thing you know, we have BotCon 2011 Motormaster. <laughs> 
And then going back to Shockwave with the Shockwave toy that you and your friends just absolutely had to have after, you know, Corey did the colors and whatever. Derek told Twitter and told me one Saturday morning, yeah, a lot of the Transformers toy, Transformers animated toys are on sale at Target for five bucks. I said, you're kidding. This was at like 6 a.m., 7 a.m. Eastern time. Target opened at 8 a.m. I was there at 8.30. I got that purple shockwave for $5 United States oh, currency. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> you, you know, the, the terrifying thought would be that's like that's like a $50. Like if that toy was released today, that's like a $50 figure. You know, I it's, know. It's, oh, yeah. Oh, it's God. so crazy. The, the, te- the notion of buying toys nowadays, though, man. God, you know, yeah. How, it, do, it, how do kids afford it? I have no idea. I, they um, don't. They just make their parents work to, so the parents can afford it. Yeah, yeah, true. <laughs> oh. All right. Getting back to the questions, and mm-hmm. this has been an obviously amazing conversation, as I knew it would be. Kind of like I said about shouting earlier, with the internet giving birth to the fans all having a voice about what they like or don't like about Transformers, do you find that your voice gets lost in the shuffle, or do you just shout louder? I just don't care anymore. Uh, yep. <laughs> I, I, I don't care. Uh, I, I also really don't care what other people think either. Um <laughs> But but again, I I think that just comes with age. I I think you you know you get to the point where it's not important to win the argument. It's not important to even be involved in the argument. Um, I I, uh, I I think I think the online fandom has a lot to answer for, uh, especially in the wake of you know the the attempts to open the community up to especially to female transformers fans i don't mm-hmm. understand why why this is such a contentious issue however having said that um and and certainly transformers is, has not really had this to that degree you know things like Star Wars have certainly been a polarizing thing for that. Um, mm-hmm. Making, I, I, I maintain that I do not like the sequel trilogy. Having said that, uh, the the reason, well, actually, and the reason that I do not like the sequel trilogy um, is because of Ray and the, and the way she was handled. Uh, it is not an it, it is not an objection to a female led uh, story. It is an issue with a badly written story. Yeah. End of. Uh, you know, and just to prove my point, the very fact that Palpatine is still alive completely undoes Anakin's uh, entire plot story. The dude that brings balance to the Force, therefore, it completely destroys Star Wars. End of discussion. Like, there is no argument to be made there. Um, having said that, yeah, you know, I, I don't understand why opening the, uh, the the floodgates to anybody who wants to be involved in it, I think, you know, the fandoms do have a a lot to uh, a lot to answer for in regards to that. So, yeah, I, I just 
shut up. I just don't care. Uh, <laughs> I, I would much rather, I'd much rather just chill out and read a book. I wish that things like Twitter let you write out your message, but wouldn't let you post it for five minutes. <laughs> so you can just sit there and look at it and, and like chill out and, and then think, do I really want to post this? Um, yeah. You know, but Hey, ho! but yeah, no, I, I don't, I, I don't find my voice being lost in the shuffle because if anybody, if anybody cares what a 40 year old man thinks who collects toys, who's got the problem here, me or you? Yeah, I mean, the, the reason why I ask that question is more so, you know, as of, you know, 10, 15, whatever years ago it was when we were all joining TFW or whatever. Like, you know, that's more about like message boards and things. Like if I go on insert name message board name here and I just introduce myself, my name is Mike. I like this, this, and this, and this, and this about Transformers. Oh, by the way, Rodimus Prime is the one true leader of the Autobots, in my personal opinion. And somebody will come back and say, "Oh, well, you're wrong, but that's okay." And I'm, just, I, I just look at that and I'm like, "Okay, yeah." It's like I mentioned this in the last Origins episode I did last month, and I said there was a meme on Facebook where. You have three of the GoBots characters. GoBots, the Kmart of Transformers. And and someone commented on that post and said, well, they came first. And I said, well, in this case, first was the worst. <laughs> so, somebody comes out and says, the same, the same person I'm replying to says, that's your opinion. You're wrong, but that's your opinion. I'm like, mm. opinions can't be right or wrong. They're just opinions. If you agree, fine. If you disagree, fine. Yeah, that's it. Uh, you know, uh, that's it. We've the, the problem. The, the problem with the internet is everybody needs to have a brand online, uh, <laughs> and everybody needs their brand to be the most successful. You know, I, I mean, and and I'm not I'm not taking shot. You know, but you got you guys have got a a podcasting network and stuff like that. You have a you have a presence. You have a footprint on the internet and stuff like that. And you know, people come to you. Because they've they've listened to what you guys have said and, and and basically have decided that you know their mindset seems to line up with yours, uh, you know, yeah. and they want to hear more of what you have to say, and that's cool. Like if if people if people want to listen to what we have to say on these you know long <laughs> conversations and stuff, then that's cool. Um, but you know what, I would I I would give you the time of day if you were a crazy person and said something like I don't know, like Rodimus Prime is the one true leader of the Autobots. You know what I mean? I would still give you the time uh, of day. Yeah. You're wrong. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I don't know the the internet's a the internet's a funny place, um, and I, I would just tell people not to not to pay much attention to what I have to say. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think we can all be in agreement if Nightwing's insignia just turns purple. That way, one has blue, one has red, and there you go. It's purple. Bingo. I am Nightwing not, is the I am not Nightwing is the new leader of the Decepticons. I, I am I am not prepared to give up on this hill. Like it's blue, <laughs> damn it! Like, uh, yeah. So, uh, unless of course you're a fan of Batman and Robin, in which case is that is is that what you're getting at here? You know, I don't know. No, no, no. I mean, <laughs> it's it's okay. It's probably the movie I would put last amongst all of the other movies, right next to Rises. But uh, yeah, I no, mm. no, no, no. 
what is your personal Transformers anthem song? Examples, but you don't have to choose from these, obviously. Stan Bush, The Touch, Dare, Vince DiCola's stuff, animated score, Beast Wars stuff, whatever. My favorite piece of Transformers music mm-hmm. is the launch shuttle sequence from Transformers the movie. Ah, yes. Just, it builds and it builds and it builds and it is it is one of those pieces of music which I have listened to it at that movie so many times that I can just fit the dialogue cue into the music. You know, having said that, another, another again, going back, I mean, it's all Transformers the movie related, isn't mm-hmm. it? You know, it's like, yeah, um, you know, the music cue uh, of Rodimus Prime at the end, you know, where he, f- where you finally hear, you know, the the catchphrase of the show, Autobots transform and roll out. You know mm-hmm. that that music cue is is absolutely fantastic. He transforms, he opens up his canopy, you know, and you'll never give in when you're back. You know, it's I mean, it's mm-hmm. just it's legendary. Um, a song that I loved. Uh, and I appreciate obviously why it was changed. I loved the original Till All I Won, so Ground Zeroes. Right. Yeah. Um, obviously changed because of September 11, 2001. Totally understand mm-hmm. it. Um, but that was the first song that I heard when I realized that Stan Bush was still making Transformers songs. <laughs> You know, when I when that was when I sort of realized that Stan Bush was was actually a person, and I was kind of just like, <laughs> I, I was like, whoa, hold on a minute, and he's got this other one, and it's banging, you know, like, uh, yeah. Uh, so, so th- those are those are a couple of, uh, a couple of ones. However, from a, uh, fr- and I would say those are some of my favorites, but from a purely artistic. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And and just in it, you cannot argue with the arrival music from the 2007. Oh no, you can't movie. at all. That yeah. like uh, just just absolutely beautiful. And and is is one of the reasons that I will go back and watch that movie is just to watch that scene. I still think it's incredible. I still think it's one of the greatest bits of Transformers ever produced. Because it was it was what you had been waiting for since you were a little kid to see like them 
and it was like Optimus Prime, you know, and take everything yeah. else with a pinch of salt, but that's what you were waiting for. You know, so so yeah, some th- those would be some of my musical choices. Yeah. Oh, and absolutely, Rescue Bots theme song, <laughs> like. <laughs> yeah, I cannot tell you how many times since I started podcasting in two thousand eight. I want to say that I am the I am the record holder of having Stan Bush interviews the mo- in since 2008 I guarantee you I've talked to that guy at least 10 times over the years mm. if not more I just recently talked to him last year because his 10 CD box set the Stan Bush collection mm. was coming out so yeah Stan Stan is amazing Vince DiCola amazing all of the all of the people that have ever worked on Transformers music, all of them are absolutely amazing. Every single last one of them. Do you want to hear my really funny Stan Bush story? Sure. We, uh, I, the first time I got to interview Stan Bush was for the podcast. Oh God. Many, many, many years ago. Um, mm-hmm. I think this would have been when he was trying to get one of his songs on one of the, you know, it was that period where people were like all of that stuff. And myself, uh, my friend Adam and Nick Roche interviewed Stan Bush. Wow. Uh, and Nick is a huge Stan Bush fan. Like when we, when we had him over at TF nation and we did the concert a few years ago, like Nick introduced mm-hmm. him, like Nick is a, like a diehard Stan Bush fan. So I, when I found out I was going to interview him, I was like, Hey Nick, do you want to join us? And Nick was like, yes. So there's like, like, you know, one transformer celebrity interview and another one, but as a total fan, anyway, we were talking to him and we we were asking him questions and things like that. And he mentioned that, uh, he, uh, many, many years ago, and you'd probably know the, uh, this one, but he released an album, uh, I think in the eighties, uh, where the name of the album was actually a telephone number. Mm hmm. And the idea was, is that you would ring the telephone number and you would get the latest information on Stan Bush. And anyway, he tells us this and we're like, oh, that's really interesting. Uh, and then, uh, we, we end the, the, the podcast, uh, Stan leaves and all of that stuff. And the three of us are Mm -hmm. sat sat there and we're like, we talked to Stan Bush. Hey, and then one of us has the bright idea. Let's ring the telephone number. (laughs) So we ring it. Uh, and we're thinking, oh, it's bound to be disconnected. You know, this was an album back in the 80s or the 90s. Or something. 1994. 1994. Call it, dial it, yeah, dial 818-888-8638. Yeah. yeah, no, that telephone number is still very much in use, and it is somebody's <laughs> private telephone number. Um, <laughs> we don't get the person. We get their answering machine. Uh, please leave your message after the beep. There's just silence until Nick yeah. Roche in his thick Irish accent just goes, hello, uh, <laughs> we're looking for the touch. Uh, do you have the power? Uh, l- listen, uh, all hell's breaking loose and we're right in the eye of the storm. Um, so if you could get back to me, that would be great. Thanks. Bye. And just we hang up. Uh, and I just imagine that somewhere in the United States, somewhere uh somebody got a voicemail and they listened to it and it was an irishman basically quoting the uh, the touch to them um and uh, that that was just a, like a really ridiculous funny 
story that you know Nick Roche prank calling people. So <laughs> that's funny. Yeah. After Amy, I don't was it Amy Nicole and I or I don't know. I know Amy was on it. After we did Last Stand, um, oh, what's the second one? Is it Last Stand, Sin, and Requiem? I don't even know if we did Requiem of the Wreckers. Anyway. Sins of the Wreckers was the second one, yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Sins was the second and Requiem was... I don't even know if we ever ended up doing Requiem. I don't remember. But anyway, after one of those, and I am famously... And I blame the Marvel storybooks for this. I am famously not a fan of Springer. I love Neil Ross to death, but I fully say that Springer in the movie is a home wrecking mofo because he just wants to come between RC and hot rod and Daniel and all that and whatever else. The main reason why I've always said that is because when I was six years old in 1986, I only ever read before I saw the movie wheelie the wild boy of Quintesson storybook from Marvel books. And in that book, the only person, the only robots that are in that is cup RC hot rod and obviously the Dinobots, but like Springer is nowhere in there whatsoever. So mm. when I went and I read Last Stand Sins, and I, again, I don't remember if we did Requiem, I picked out several lines from one of those amazing Nick Roche books. And I had already done, I think, either one or two interviews with Neil Ross. And I said, hey, I emailed Neil and I said, hey, Mr. Ross, I'm doing a comic book review where one of your characters is the star Autobot in it. And I said, these are some several lines. Would you know, would you mind saying them as the character? He goes, no, sure. When do you need to buy it? And I said, whatever, it, you know, whatever it was. And next thing I know, I have G1. I still have them in my audio archive I'm, I'm, I'm on my computer. I have the voice of G1 Springer saying lines that Nick Roche wrote. <laughs> I emailed Nick and I said, here, enjoy these. And I believe he emailed me back and said, oh, my. He said something. I, I forget what it was that he said, but I basically made the guy's day. And I've never talked to Nick. I would love to interview Nick because Nick is awesome. But, mm. like, because I, I just – I always – the way I view my podcast is it's an audio drama. Mm. It's an audio production. So I view it in the way of audio production, but I also view it in a way of either a movie or a television show or a cartoon where if I can throw in a clip of whatever it is, I will. As long as it makes sense, as long as it doesn't interrupt the conversation kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So, so yeah. So I've got, I've got those and, and all that good stuff. No, it's just, it's just, that's one thing about the Transformers fandom. All these you know, whatever negatives there are in it, there's so many more positive aspects of being a Transformers fan. Couldn't agree because more. We, because we have, some of us get to have these amazing experiences of meeting whomever, you know, insert person here or getting to have a call with insert voice actor here or whatever. Oh, God. And I don't know if I've told you this before, and I know I've probably mentioned this on the show. When I interviewed Phil Lamar, I think it was the first or the second time. And as we all know, Phil was the voice of animated jazz. One of the questions I asked him was, did they ever 
ask you to do Scatman? And he said, no, they didn't. Re they wanted me to do my own thing as far as the voice for jazz in, in, in animated. And he goes, if I did Scatman, and then he goes into Scatman, and I'm like, fuck, Scatman Carruthers just came back to life. What the <laughs> hell is – literally, I thought Scatman was like right behind me. And I'm like, the dude's been dead for however many years the man has mm. been dead. But wow, just so it's moments like that. It's moments like with your story with Corey and at, at one o'clock in the morning. And, you know, that's why I love being in this fandom is because it's moments like that that just, you know. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, you, uh, you know, just as a complete aside, if they, mm -hmm. and I don't know, I, I very much doubt this is a question you're going to ask, but, uh, you know, if the, if there was one like if if there was one person involved in the Transformers universe mm -hmm. that I I wish I could ha just have the pleasure of having like two minutes with it would be Scatman like yeah the the you know uh, and I mean Phil Lamar don't get me wrong you know incredible <laughs> dancer incredible you know incredible like physical performer and all of that and Scatman exactly the same you know just in, in like yeah. Just, a, a, a one of those came from a generation of performers who could do everything. Yep, you know, sing, yeah. dance, act, play a musical instrument, um, mm -hmm. and was just a cool cat. You know what I mean? Like, I, I would love to yeah. have just had two minutes of that guy's time. Um, yeah, and and I've never met. I've never spoken to anybody who's ever had any interaction with Scatman that was not just incredible you know and you when you talk to people like Greg or Neil or any yep. of these people they talk with such reverence about Scatman um, oh yeah and uh and he was jazz man so it's just cool as yeah you know but yeah absolutely. but no you're right you're right you know those those moments are are incredible Absolutely. How often do you go back and rewatch any of the Transformers cartoons? Oh, um, it depends, really. Uh, it just it just depends what it, what I feel like. Oh, I'm going to watch. That. I've I haven't seen that episode in a while. I'm I'm, I'm going to watch that. You know, um, mm -hmm. it's it's easier to go back and watch Generation One purely because it's usually a self contained. 22 minutes mm -hmm. you know th that said there are th there are several episodes from from beast wars that i would i would go back to and, and re-watch but again you know when you start even when you start getting into beast wars uh, the time commitment becomes greater because it's <laughs> it, it's it, it, it's a co connected narrative mm-hmm but you know, I, I can't tell you how many times I've I've watched Code of Heroes. But you know, I'll I'll um, I, like I, I go back on a fairly regular basis. I, I just couldn't put a time frame to it. Like I'm not going to sit there mm. and say that I I watched. Uh, uh, you know, I, I'll I'll watch Transformers the movie at least once a year. Yep. Um, or whenever they release a new version of it. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And, <laughs> uh, but yeah, like I mean, it's it's fairly frequently. But I, I tend to, I tend to just go back to the stuff that I know I enjoy. I, uh, you know, there's, 
there's a lot of Generation 1 episodes that if you give me the title of it, I would go, uh, which one's that again? You know, like, I have no desire to rewatch The Core, um, or, uh, I, I don't know, um, I was about to say, <laughs> I was about to say The Dweller in the Depths, but that's a really good episode, and I totally would rewatch that over and over again. Um, but, you know, like, I yeah, mean, so I, think, I think, yeah, I mean, I, yeah, it's, it's like Carnage and C Minor. It, it, it's, great in small doses throughout your life. It's not like you're going to watch that episode all the time mm. or, you know, um, <laughs> masquerade like, from season two. Like, Hey, whoa, 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 whoa. Masquerade's awesome. <laughs> no, mas- <laughs> masquerade is awesome because the Stunticons are my favorite combiner group, like end of discussion. Okay. Like, the combiner, they are the, the boys. <laughs> Like for me, an episode, an episode like um, oh god, I, I literally just thought of it there, and it, it's it's gone now. Like uh, the girl who loves Power Glide, not <laughs> not yeah. an episode no. that that people would would consider to be like top ten. However, uh, for whatever reason, here in the UK, the video releases that we always got for whatever reason, the backup. Uh, episode on the videotapes would always be the girl who loved power glide so i have like fond memories of that episode because it was one that i saw repeatedly as a kid um Mm -hmm. you know uh but i'm not going to say that i've watched the girl who loves power glide in the last five years Uh, yeah but if if Tomorrow I wake up and go, in fact, I might actually, I might go, hey, I, I thought about the girl who loved Power Glide last night. I might watch that. And then I'll watch it, and then I don't need to see it again for another decade, you know? But, um, yeah, no. it's, uh, it, no, I, I, I do go back on a, on, a, on a fairly frequent basis, yeah. Yeah, I mean, and it, Generation 1 specifically is more of, it's 98 episodes, but you don't need to watch all 98. You can pick out your favorites. You can watch the multi-parters if you want. You can, mm. you know, pick your favorite character, like Triple Takeover, if you want an Astro Training Blitzwing episode, and yeah. you know, make tracks if you want to. If you want a tracks episode or whatever, and mm. you know, like there, I, there are there are three or four Transformers episodes from g1 that i will watch probably once a year along with transformers the movie like they are my go-to episodes uh Mm -hmm. like my the book stops here in terms of best transformers cartoons ever uh right you know but uh but yeah like most of the time i'll i'll sort of stick to them um and then periodically i'll dip in here and there um Mm -hmm. yeah absolutely You've kind of already answered this, but we all love Transformers comics. Which incarnation do you love and why? Mm, I love all of them. <laughs> like, I, I, I genuinely do love, like, all of them. Um, you know, we're not talking about the, like, Panini UK Transformers, the movie comics and stuff like that. Um, no. But, you know, each of them have their own unique take on things. Um, I think... You know, Marvel UK has just a fascinating history, Mm -hmm. uh, like genuinely fascinating history, Uh, changed the comic book game in the UK uh, to a degree. You know, in the US, I I think you would probably agree that when people talk about 80s 
comic books based on kids' cartoon, you guys talk about G.I. Joe. Mm-hmm. And, and you guys talk about G.I. Joe the way we talk about Transformers here. So, you know, Marvel UK has a, has a big thing for me. As I say, Dreamwave got me back into it. I can absolutely tell you that Micromasters is a pile of tosh. Um, <laughs> you know, and I, I make no bones about it. In fact, I would argue that, you know, that those Dreamwave's comics, they're pretty rough, man. They, they can be, but I have a nostalgic attachment to them. Um, I think Simon Furman's Asian series is one of the biggest, biggest regrets in... Uh, in Transformers because I think IDW jerked too soon. That concept had so much potential to go for so much longer. Uh, And I still think it is a concept, that idea of a Cold War uh, Transformers comic book. Like a, 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 a series where neither force is going anywhere and they're kind of just bickering backwards and forwards and the and you know like i remember when those comics first hit and everybody was like this is ridiculous it's about three human beings it's like yeah because the war doesn't budge and the only thing that does budge is the people in the middle of it uh you know and that's why it has to be about human beings i think it's an incredible one um you know um all Hill Megatron is a great summer blockbuster. Uh, if you love Generation One, um, the, you know um, I am in. I, I am in one of the Transformers comics for the ongoing series, so I can't be totally <laughs> angry at that. Even though it wasn't brilliant, um, and then of course you know you get the you get James Roberts's More Than Meets the Eye, which, and I have said this to James's face. <laughs> It's not for me, but I appreciate what that did for the fandom in bringing people in. Um, yeah, you know. So yeah, and and as we've talked about the, uh, you know, I I do think that uh, in in five years time we'll be looking back at IDW two, and I think once it's all said and done, I I think there might be a reassessment there, and I'm really anxious to see what happens next. You know, the rumors are speculating. We. We, yep. We've heard that Kirkman might get his hands on it. Uh, I am, I am fascinated to know what a Transformers comic. Now, let me f- phrase this in a way that does not insult every single person who has ever worked on the Transformers comic book. I am anxious to see what a Transformers comic book looks like from a major well-known group of comic book professionals. And what I mean by that is people who have worked for the big two in meaningful, uh, long running careers. Um, and that's not to, that's not to poo poo anybody who's worked on transformers before. I I don't mean that. I mean, you know, like it, it will be interesting because we have seen how difficult it can be for writers to manage transformers effectively. Um, yeah, so, yeah. yeah, it's the future for the comics and Transformers is, as we all know, is up in the air. We don't have any. There has, as of this recording, there has not been any definitive set in stone news of where that license is going to go. I at think this point. I think you'll 
we, we'll know in a couple of months. I think we'll right. absolutely uh, yeah. know summer summertime comic. Yeah, uh, as the as the convention circuits open up, we'll, we'll yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, because I want Kyle Higgins know. and Boom Studio to get it. <laughs> I've been reading the Power Rangers stuff, and it's amazing. So let, yeah. let's let's give that a go. Um, I okay. So Steve Megatron and I have said, you know, Steve was like, oh. It'd be interesting to see if Marvel got it again like they had it originally. And my reply to him was, you know what I want to see, Steve? I want to see a DC Comics Transformers mm. series just to say that Transformers was both at the big two. Well, I, 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 recently, watched, uh, I, I recently watched the Peacemaker TV show. Mm-hmm. And in, in that TV show, Peacemaker references Optimus Prime. <laughs> which means like literally by name and and I put a tweet out basically saying that so by that rationale and given ages that means yeah. that not only does transformers exist in the DC cinematic universe but it means that there's a good chance that Henry Cavill Superman has a favorite generation 1 episode <laughs> just extrapolating <laughs> that Superman's favorite episode is is something um but yeah like I I don't know like I've heard the rumors I I've I've yeah. been and you know, they're all rumors at this point we they don't are, know they are. I I I think I'm pretty sure I know where it's going but like I say we'll uh we'll have to wait and see I would love it to be a curveball I would love it to to go to somebody I don't think it'll go to Marvel because Marvel is owned by Disney and why would Disney promote <laughs> a, a, a property that they don't mm-hmm. own? I've heard the rumors yeah. of Disney wanting to buy Hasbro and all of that stuff. I, I, I don't, I don't see it. But like I say, um, I just hope that wherever it goes, it, it goes, um, it goes to somebody who, who's got a good, well, we we know, right? We it's it's public knowledge that IDW pitched to get the license back, and they were the, the Hasbro rejected their pitch. Yeah. Um, that that has been said, I think, by by people in IDW. Um, yeah. You know, so so we know that whoever's got it uh, has delivered a better pitch than IDW did. Um, so that immediately makes it interesting. Yeah, yeah, it does. All right. What was your very first Transformers toy as a kid? Uh, That's a very good question. The the toy that I think I have the earliest memory with is a Generation 1 Blitzwing. It certainly wasn't the first Transformers toy. I'm, I'm sure it wouldn't have been. Um, but yeah, I, I, I distinctly remember being at my grandparents' house with a Generation 1 Blitzwing. Uh, and I think that's probably the the earliest memory that I have. Um, Very cool. Very yeah. cool. Yeah, that, uh, yeah everybody saying the, the critiques on the new Blitzwing, and I'm like... Do you not remember the Generation One toy? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, I, I always love it when people critique Blitzwing because we've never had a Blitzwing where people have ever gone, "Oh, wow, that's really cool." And you're like, "Yeah, he transforms into a plane and a tank. You could not get two more diametrically opposed shapes 
yeah. if you tried. One yeah. is designed to be sleek and fast. The other one is designed to be thick, hard, yeah. and like the, <laughs> the very fact that the concept even exists is ridiculous. Like people, people complaining about that. You know, it's 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 so dumb. It is what it is. How big is your Transformers toy collection? My Transformers toy collection takes up an entire room plus an entire garage full of tubs of toys that I have no desire to ever play with again. Uh, <laughs> my only my only regret is that... Uh, I I am just a hoarder by nature. Like, I'm not that bad. Like, don't get me wrong. I'm not living in my own filth or anything like that. Uh, right, right. No, yeah. Because I have a wife that you know uh, would be won't let that happen. Living crap out of me. Yeah. Um, but no, like I I have you know a, a dozen or so plastic tubs full of Transformers toys, which one day I need to give to people like you know and just be like <laughs> but yes uh I, I it is it is a substantial I, I say substantial collection i have seen collections that make my collection look like a drop in the ocean um but uh <laughs> but you know it's a it's a collection that has been accumulated over 20 22 years now so hmm. yeah but in terms of what i have out on display i just have the what I consider to be the definitive generation one collection, and that is not generation one toys. Uh, in fact, I only have one generation one toy out, and that is my generation one Optimus Prime. Everything else is at at the earliest, the oldest toy that I have out on my shelf is uh, because I still think to this day he is the best representation of the figure. Is uh, classics hound okay uh and yeah i remember classic sound yeah still to this day the best version of hound um and then everything else is well to be honest most everything else came out over the last three or four <laughs> years you know yeah um so yeah um i just want Toy, toys now are insanely fun to play with, insanely incredibly well engineered, uh, and and look like the the characters that I I grew up with as a kid, or my interpretation of them. Um, so yeah, so so I have a I, I I've I've got a good collection, I think. Very cool, very cool. If you could voice any Transformers character, who would it be and why? Oh God. Uh, I I do not have uh, <laughs> like I I studied acting as as a profession, uh, but mm -hmm. I've never been any good at voices. Uh, I don't know what would a Jody. Uh, Jody is what they call people who come from Newcastle, which is roughly where I live. I, I don't know what we would. I don't know what a Jody Transformer would sound. Why I man? Like what you doing? Like you know? I've got any idea? Like you know? How are? Um, I don't think a Transformer would sound like that at all. Um, so perhaps... Dirge. <laughs> <laughs> purely, because, be... 
purely because I turned and looked at my shelf and he was the first one that caught me eye. So now if you could keep that voice of just how you said his name, dirt, like you keep that intensity throughout the entire performance. Well, if I, w- if I was clever enough, I would basically say I would do sound wave because I, I can do a really good Dr. Claw. <laughs> I'll get you next time. Gadget next time. You know, I, I've been told my Dr. Claw is great, but I have just ruined my throat. Like, <laughs> like literally, you know, and all Soundwave mm-hmm. is, is just Inspector Gadget with a vocoder. So mm-hmm. uh, maybe Soundwave then. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> That's awesome. Oh, God, that <laughs> hurt my throat. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how he did it. I have no idea how he did it. Well, that's why he's I, Frank Welker and I'm not. Um, so... <laughs> Who is your favorite Transformers person, actor, voice actor, whatever? Oh, God. I've had the privilege of getting to meet and know uh, some incredible people. Mm -hmm. Who is my favorite, as in human being-wise, Peter Spellos. Okay. Um, Peter is a very dear friend of mine. Uh, played Skybite in tr- in the original Transformers Robots in Disguise. He, he is a very very dear and close friend of mine. Uh, he has been to my house. He has he has stayed with my family. Um, he is he is a he is a wise sage to me. Uh, he, he is a beautiful human being um, and always has uh, a positive word for everybody. And given his story and what he has he has gone through in regards to, you know, the, the cost of celebrity. Um, mm-hmm. I, I think it, it's, it's a beautiful one. Um, you know, so I, I would probably say him, uh, in fact, mm-hmm. I would say him, but I, I mean, you know, uh, other, other people that I, I'm very close to, uh, you know, Paul Eiding, um, who not only voiced Perceptor, but, uh, it, also voiced uh, Colonel Campbell from the Metal Gear Solid series, which I adore. Mm-hmm. Um, Greg Berger, um, just because of the fact that, like, when I introduced my wife to, oh yes, um, th- this is this is Eeyore from Winnie the Pooh, uh, and she lost her mind, uh, you know. So yeah, like I have been because of the convention, I've been incredibly fortunate to, to get to know some of these people on, on a personal level. And, uh, and, and they're just beautiful human beings. So Greg was there when you obviously introduced him to your wife, correct? Mm-hmm. Please tell me he said in response, thanks for noticing me. That's exactly what he said. <laughs> you know, that's it. Because these guys, you know, these guys, you know, when it, you, you, I, I always hate that. I always hate. Can you do when you, you know, when you're in a public forum and stuff like that, I always hate mm-hmm. that question. Can you say this in this? Um, and it's, it's only because it's like, I always get the dance monkey dance um, sense of it, you know, um, but yeah, like you know, these guys that they're, they're so used to it that it's just it's down pat. And yeah, you're right; they have those stock phrases. You know, mm-hmm. uh, if you ever, if you're ever talking to Paul, um, and uh, you bring up Metal Gear Solid, he will instantly go into uh, and 
I don't know if you're Colonel aware. Campbell. Yeah, yeah. But, oh, yeah. but the AI, I need scissors 61, you know, <laughs> yes. like, yes. Uh, you know, when the, when the flying mm-hmm. fish or whatever it was, um, yep. I need to, yeah, they've got these stock phrases, you know, um, my favorite one is whenever you ask a, a voice actor about a voice and they go, I have no earthly idea. <laughs> That's when you realize you've got somewhere because you're like, what show is that from? Hmm. Yeah, they're just like, I have no idea. Move on, and you're like, right, cool. That's fine. Um, so yeah, uh, lots and of I, I, very fortunate to know some very beautiful people um, within the within the franchise. Absolutely. All right. What is so? This cannot be anything that may or may not have been announced. This cannot be anything that's in production already or about to come out. What is your dream masterpiece figure that they have never done? <laughs> I have so many angry opinions of the masterpiece toy line. Oh, uh, no. Uh, no, I, I genuinely do. I, I, gen- I, I think the master... I, 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 have, I have real problems with the masterpiece toy line. Because can we just accept the fact that it's the third-party toy line now? <laughs> like, Essentially, it is. Yeah. I, I, what the last the last toy that Hasbro put out was another version. Uh, Takara, rather, was another version of Starscream, mm-hmm. which is what the third or fourth now. Uh, I don't even. I've lost count. Uh, but we've but we've still never yet had a masterpiece Galvatron or Jazz. I don't think they've actually ever done jazz, like but with, that could be... Yeah, with the yeah. Autobot cars, I, I give them a pass because of car licensing. Right. But the very fact that we've never had a leader of the Decepticons... in, And I get it, Japan is a very different society. Bad mm-hmm. guys don't sell in Japan. Yeah, good guys do. I I totally understand that from a cultural standpoint. But seriously, you're going to give us three versions of Starscream and never give us a- anyway. That wasn't the question. Sorry, this isn't a rant on. Uh, if I, could I mean, have- technically, we technically we don't need a masterpiece Galvatron anymore because we have leader class Galvatron in whatever color you want him in, dirt or no dirt. Well, all I can say is. Where do you land on the Rumble is Blue, Frenzy is Red, or Rumble is Red, Frenzy is Blue debate? I grew up with the cartoon Rumble is Blue, Frenzy is Red. Uh, I know I I know I am wrong. Like, <laughs> well, for me, I always say Rumble is Purple, Frenzy is Black, but it is what it is. I yeah. Mean, like, I know I'm wrong. I, I know the cartoon was the one that made the mistake. <laughs> but I don't yeah. care. Like you know, that's it. Yeah, so. yeah. If you could create any Transformers fiction, toy, cartoon, comic, etc., what would it be, and what story would you want to tell with it? Ooh, I, I always. Uh, <laughs> uh, I could probably say this now because I, I guess the. Um, uh, I, I submitted two pictures to IDW. Many, oh, many wow. years ago. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, okay. Neither, neither of which went anywhere. Perhaps I wasn't very good. Uh, well, the reason one didn't go anywhere was because uh, it was literally fan service. Uh, mm-hmm. it, it was absolutely fan service. I pitched a story which basically retconned the end of All Hail Megatron. Uh, 
Okay. Um, <laughs> and and the only re- and the only reason that it, it retconned the end of All Hail Megatron is because I thought that uh, Hunter deserved better than to go out the mm-hmm. way he did. Mm-hmm. And so there was this story where. Uh, it was, and, and it was ironically, uh, it was Nick's last stand of the records that that sort of ruined this. So this this was pitched during the ongoing, but before. Uh, uh, no, no, sorry. This was after this was after records was came out, but it was before. Okay. Obviously, James took over and stuff like that. Um, right. And so the the, the general. Uh, thing of it was is that uh verity came back to earth uh after last stand of the records she had post-traumatic stress disorder um and one of the things that the earth was still dealing with was the the aftermath of the attack on new york city okay and one of the ways that she, she tried to cope with it was to uh was was to try and help people uh, get over the grief of it and one of the things that she realized she'd been running from the whole time was the fact that Hunter's family which had been previously established as, as existing never knew mm. what happened to Hunter and so okay. she did, so she decided that she was going to um, uh, she, w- she was going to uh, go visit that Hunter's parents and finally come clean with what happened and so she goes to the house and she knocks on the door and lo and behold, Hunter Runyon opens the door. <laughs> uh, and, uh, well, sorry, no, it's, it's not Hunter. It's his sister, Rachel, who, who opens the door and she, she breaks down and she explains da, 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 da. Uh, and Rachel's like, well, no, you've obviously got the wrong Hunter Runyon because he's, he's cooking cookies or whatever it is and uh <laughs> and, and, and hunter rocks up and and hunter like has no idea who verity is and so basically what you were going to find out during the course of the story was that while verity was off with the wreckers in space mm-hmm. um ratchet had also had a crisis of conscience over what happened to hunter because ratchet was the one that brought uh, brought Hunter into the war, and so and and so Ratchet, in his holographic form, went and met with Rachel, his his sister, and mm-hmm. uh, he. Oh God, what was it? He, he he realized through talking to her that because Hunter was missing, bearing in mind mm-hmm. this is taking place right after All Hill Megatron, so New York is still a mess at this point. He realizes that, like Hunter being gone, uh, will will ultimately do more harm than good to Rachel. Okay. And so, what you learn through the course of the story is that what Hunter actually is is a facsimile, right? And Ratchet has rebuilt Hunter, but because he was merged with Sunstreaker, they digitally had all of Hunter's personality and memory. Okay. And so this guy is, for all intents and purposes, Hunter. But what Ratchet did was he he only implanted the memories up until the point where uh, 
hunter went out alien hunting that day. Okay. Uh, so it is hunter. It's 100% hunter, but it's not the real hunter. And Verity finds out about this. And there's a, there's a big existential argument between hunter and ratchet about and and uh, sorry between verity and ratchet and verity's argument is how can you do this you've you've created a monster who doesn't have a soul um and ratchet turns around and says i don't know what you're talking about and and she's like you know the soul the thing that makes you 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 don't have it and to, to cut a long story short, the argument essentially ends with Ratchet opening up his chest compartment and revealing his spark. And he goes, that's me. Everything, <laughs> everything that is me is that. Right. Point, point to your soul. Yeah. And Verity can't do it. Um, meanwhile, in the background, uh, there is a cult uh, who worship Overlord. Um who are on Earth for a diabolical reason that I won't go into and stuff like that. But it, okay. turns, but it turns out that they are led by uh, two uh, occultists of the Decepticon cause known called Mega and Giga. Okay. Which is obviously the name of, uh, of the mm-hmm. Overlord uh, 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 Power Masters from, uh, and stuff like that. And then they get into things, and, and Searchlight was going to be in it and stuff like that, because he showed up at the end of Last Stand of the Records and stuff. Um, and I pitched it, and it didn't go anywhere. So there you go. That would be how I would have brought Hunter Onion back to life. Uh, the other thing... Uh, so, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I would... I did... I, I tried to do that. <laughs> how, what would I do? I don't know. Like, I'm not, I'm not clever enough to... Uh, to do i would do something set it on cybertron a police procedural with optimus prime like as a cop um and you could slowly weave in the, the political machinations of the decepticons and stuff like the city of Kaon and stuff like that but ultimately like you know do do ncis with optimus prime and as you're saying this, my first thought was Optimus Prime ends up turning into uh, Martin Riggs, whereas Bumblebee is essentially uh, Leo Getz. Whatever yeah. you need, Leo Getz. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 <laughs> Josh Bircham and I originally like started plotting this out, but we were actually using the the uh, the Generation Two characters, so it was like okay. Mirage. Uh, like the, the, uh, sorry, not, not generation two rather. Um, oh God, what was it? Um, (laughs) what were the, what was the line called? Um, oh, I can't remember anyway, but, uh, Josh and I did have this idea of doing some weird police procedural thing where it was like set on Cybertron and Optimus was like a crime scene investigator or a Ryan Pax was at the time and stuff like that. Yeah, but, uh, but yeah. So I don't know. I I leave that stuff to much better and much more talented people. You know, just like just like anybody who's ever read a comic book, they think they can write a comic book. Um, you know, because comic books look easy. Comic books are not easy. Um, no, they're not. Uh, and I I always I always used to think <laughs> I always used to think uh, I could write a Transformers comic, and then I read more than meets the eye issue six. <laughs> and, and I have said this to James. I turned around. I went. Uh, I went. 
I I don't know who how you did that. I I still to this day I have read that comic again and again and again and again, and I I do not know how how you managed to accomplish that. It, it's a phenomenal piece of of art and literature, um, and and that was the moment that I realised I'm not good enough to. Do and I've said that to James before. I've I've told him to his face that he, he killed any 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 desire that I had to be a to be a writer. Um so well done you. Oh, and you destroyed Star Saber as well, so you can go away. Um. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, I mean I I don't know how it would work, and it's more of a general world story that I want to tell. What if we had the internet 40 years ago instead of having the internet when we had it? I don't know how the world would be where it is now if that had happened, but I I don't know. I <laughs> I can't deal. I, I <laughs> Just like Ultra Magnus, I can't deal with that now. <laughs> <laughs> the, the only thing that I, I've ever said in regards to stories, and I, I think this is the truest thing that I've, I've, I've ever heard, is it doesn't matter what you write, as long as whatever you're writing works within the rules of the world that you are creating. Mm-hmm. Like, you can, you can make anything, mm-hmm. but your world has to in order to tell a particular story, you have to make sure that the world accommodates that story. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and the perfect, the perfect example I always have of, of that dissonance that doesn't work for me. And obviously take, take out the views of said author and stuff. I think the Harry Potter series mm-hmm. don't work on, uh, uh, and I've never read the books. I've only watched the movies. But every time I watch it, I'm just like, I don't understand how or why uh, this. Uh, the only reason that uh, he who shall not be named is a threat is because everybody else is being stupid. Hmm. Yeah. I have again put the author aside. No. I have never had any interest in Harry Potter anything. I don't yeah. dislike it, but at the same time, I don't care. Yeah. And the reason is, and I've again, I've the listeners have heard me say this over the last 14 years that I've been podcasting. In 2000, I was in a a bookstore. I, I think it was Books a Million. I don't remember. It was I know it wasn't Barnes and Noble, but it was some bookstore here in the States. And I went up to the clerk and I said that, you know, I like reading Dean Koontz books. I like reading John Grisham stuff. I like reading this, 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 and this, and this. Can you give me, I guess it was a new town I was living in, 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 in Mississippi and whatever else. And she said, okay, let me introduce you to two separate and very different things. On the left, you have a boy wizard on the right, you have a former lingerie buyer turned bounty hunter. Now, can you guess which one 20-year-old me went towards? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that, makes, that makes a lot of sense. Um, and and the, uh, the former lingerie buyer turned bounty hunter is the ever-popular 
uh, Janet Ivanovich character, Stephanie Plum from the Stephanie Plum series. Mm. And I have read those books. I need to catch up on them, but I've read those and I have never, ever done anything in any kind of hog anything. All right, final question. What is one piece of advice that you'd give the Transformers fandom and Transformers collectors in general? It's for kids. <laughs> it should be. It, it should always be for kids because one of these days, and this is, a, uh, people said, God, you sound so pessimistic. One of these days, you're not going to be here and Transformers is. Yeah. Uh, it is going to outlive all of us, um, and to claim ownership of it, uh, and try to resist change, um, and try and make sure it is still all about you, uh, does nothing but drag it down. And given the fact that, as I said before, Hasbro are in the business of keeping things exactly the same because what they have at the moment makes them money uh, Mm -hmm. is just going to stop Mm -hmm. what the brand needs now more than ever is to transform (laughs) yes but it can't but it can't and it stagnates and guess what in five years' time, if the brand doesn't change, what's left? Are you going to buy a new blaster in five years because it's got slightly better paint apps or its feet do slightly different ankle rockings? You know, like, that's it. Like, my my thing is, and and this message if anybody's actually listening out there, this message goes specifically to um, the, the, the people that have got the Transformers comic book license, make the comic books for kids. And now I don't mean make the comic books for children. I mean, and I don't know, you know, uh, like make sure that if you're going to do a Transformers comic book, it's an all ages book. That doesn't mean that it has to be dumbed down. We got Marvel UK. You know, we we got Time Wars. We got the Wreckers. We got all of this stuff. And we were kids when we were reading this. Um, it doesn't mean that it has to be dumbed down. But get those books into Scholastic. G- get some books onto... onto onto tablets and stuff like that make these comics available for kids get kids involved in it uh and as far as the adults go (laughs) if you you know if you are on one of these forums or something like that and somebody new comes along shut up like I (laughs) i don't care um I mean, I don't care, but but the but people who are new to the fandom should not be met with some standoffish uh, opinion about why frenzy is red and rumble is blue, or uh, or, or why um, 
I don't know, Galvatron is the best Decepticon in the world because his head cannon that he made up 20 years ago, you know, like, just let let people do it and and you will always still have your Generation 1. Mm-hmm. So just let let it be. That, that that's what I would say to people, but it's it's uh, you know that's 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 coming from me, and I, I appreciate that at this point in my life, Transformers doesn't mean what it did, and I I appreciate that in the early two thousands, I was that guy, you know. <laughs> but uh, you know, yeah, I I, I I I think that's it. It's you know, l- let it change, let it evolve, and that goes for Hasbro and and for the the fans as well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. All right, folks, we're going to take a quick break. You're going to hear some ads and some other stuff and whatever else I decide to put in here, and we'll come back to close the show after this. Because the world needs another movie podcast. The GeekCast Radio Network presents for your listening pleasure, The Cinema Geek. Hosted by Amanda, Kevin, Matt, and Dan. Each week we dive headfirst in the landscape of movies as we discuss movie news, play movie games, go in-depth on reviews, and even have a top ten countdown or two. Also, don't miss our director retrospective series where we review noted director's movies film by film. Bottom line is, if you love movies and love podcasts, you need to experience the Cinema Geeks. You can find us on iTunes, Blog Talk Radio, or GeekCastRadio.com. What was that universal greeting again? Never mind, I remember. Ba-weep, grana. Weep, ninibong. Hey guys, it's Rodimus Primal, and be sure to check out my YouTube channel. Join me as I have Transformers discussions, retrospectives, toy reviews, and more. You can also follow me on Twitter at Rodimus Primal, as well as Facebook and Instagram at Rodimus Primal Show. Transform and roll out, and be sure to check out my content, till all are one. Last big party of the summer, folks. Let's go out with a bang. Like science fiction? Of course you do, or you wouldn't be listening to the GeekCast Radio Network. Well, the Mark Who 42's Universe podcast is an award-winning sci-fi radio show that's been around for over 10 years. We cover everything from Doctor Who to the MCU to pop culture and everything in between. A new show drops on Tuesday mornings on the GCRN website and all of the major podcast platforms. So listen to the Mark Who 42's Universe podcast from the universe and beyond. Hello, geeks and geekettes! Looking for a podcast that covers a vast array of topics? Then check out Altered Geek Unleashed, where we discuss our thoughts on this week's geeky news, tech, gaming, television shows, movies, cartoons, comics, and more. So, get altered, get geeky with the Altered Geeks, every Friday on the GeekCast Radio Network. On the Simplistic Reviews Podcast, we talk movies. We talk TV. We talk... Hello, Julie, what the heck are you doing? Trying to make our spots sound more exciting by adding explosions. Yeah, I'm pretty sure you could have got the point across with sound effects, not the real thing. Download the show on iTunes or at simplisticreviews.blogspot.com. I'm sure your insurance company will cover that. No, they won't. No, they probably won't. Hello all sentient beings! Want the latest on everything going on in the Transformers multiverse? Check out the Transmissions Podcast Network. 
We've got weekly podcasts covering everything from Alpha Trion to Omega Supreme. From old school G1 all the way up to Cyberverse and beyond. And you don't want to miss Empire of Rust, the world's first and only Transformers live play role-playing game podcast. If you love Transformers, there's something for everyone at transmissionspodcast.com. Discover a world of vintage and modern toys that's more than meets the eye with the Triple Takeover Toycast. Hosted by toy writers and photographers Toybox Soapbox, 6-0 and TF Square One, this informal and chilled out series of discussions cover everything from vintage Transformers to Mask, Diaclone, Microman and more, be it nostalgic or current. Whether you're a seasoned collector or a casual robot enthusiast, all are welcome. Triple Takeover Toycast. All right, we are back, and before we close it out, Mr. Wallace, sir, any news for TF Nation yet? As people might be aware, if you're following us, uh, we have been a little bit quiet. You know, we're still sort of finding our feet after the last couple of years. It's going to be the first convention we'll have had since 2019. Um, I don't have anything that I can I can report on just yet. What I will say, though, and I will drop the tiniest of hints here, and I know people are going to be like, that's not even a hint. All I'm going to say is, if you're my age, or even if you're just a fan of Transformers in general, you want to be at the Saturday Night Show. That's all I can say. There is something there, and you will hopefully enjoy it or you will at least find it interesting let's put it that way um you know we've got a we've got a good show coming up this year i'm really looking forward to it uh so hopefully we'll we'll see everybody in august and you can go to the tf nation website to buy your tickets if you live in the uk or you want to travel to the uk what are the dates again august what to what uh that's a very good question uh <laughs> let me let me quickly run to the website so that i can remember and i can promote it see i haven't uh i haven't done uh one of these podcasts in such a long time that i i can't even remember it's the 12th to the 14th of august and that's at the Hilton Birmingham Metropole Hotel. Uh, and like I say, you can go to tfnation.com uh, should you wish to register your interest and buy your tickets. Very cool, very cool. All right, folks, that's going to do it for this episode of All Things Transformers. Thank you for listening. If you'd like to get in contact with us or leave feedback for the show, there are several ways to do so. Visit the website, geekcastradio.com, where you can listen to and comment on all of our content. Send any email to feedback at geekcastradio.com. Here are all the ways you can listen to us nowadays. Apple and Google Podcasts, leave us reviews, please. Spotify, where apparently you can leave us star ratings now. And any other podcatching client you choose to use. Follow us on Twitter at Geekcast Radio for the network, at all things TFV3 for the show. I am at TFU and Mike. What is yours and or TF Nation's Twitter, sir? Uh, yeah, you can find TF Nation on Facebook, uh, on Twitter, it's at TF Nation Limited, uh, and I'm on Twitter under at Kalel Prime, uh, if you care to know my musings, um, <laughs> th- th- I can't promise anything particularly interesting, but, uh, yeah. I mean, we've been recording for almost three hours now, regardless of edits, and... 
And, uh, yeah, this has been one of the most interesting ones we've done so far. <laughs> oh, well, I, I thank you very much. I, I, I'm glad that the last, the, the nine-year hiatus hasn't... Uh, <laughs> we'll you know, see you in nine years, folks. <laughs> well, exactly. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Uh, we'll, we'll do another one in a, in a decade's time. <laughs> Follow us on, uh, uh, become a fan of us on Facebook. Go to facebook.com slash Network. You can also check out all things Transformers over there as well. For now, I am TFG on Mike with... Uh, David, uh, otherwise known as Kal-El Prime, about 10 years ago, I think. Mm-hmm. We hope you'll transform and transcend with us here next time on All Things Transformers. <laughs> I wish to speak to my lawyer. <laughs> <laughs>